Never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Notice how I just had to fly in like that. That's because uh, right before the show, I was uh, gearing up. How do I look? How's that look? Oh, wait, I got a wire hanging there. Hang on. Hang on. Just talk amongst yourselves there. Because right. yeah, a, a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit frustrating uh, right before the show sometimes, especially when people like me don't show up on time. Anyway, we, folks, we broadcast live each and every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. We're simulcast on BTR, Blog Talk Radio, and uh, archived there as well. You can watch us as well and on our YouTube channel. That's uh, Just go to HagmanHagman.com, click on our YouTube channel. And, uh, hey, there we are in living color, 720p, actually, right? Uh, soon to be high, high def. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's for sure. And I just want to welcome everyone in. Welcome uh, and thank you so much for all of your emails. We get uh, just a lot of emails before every every show and after every show, and we read them all. Can't respond to them all, but we read them all certainly. And we just want to say thank you so much for for everything uh, that you're doing for us and all of the feedback that you're giving us and guest suggestions and what have you. We really appreciate that. Now, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm. And to my right is fellow investigator, researcher, and the guy that's reaching down under the desk, uh, Joe Hagman. Yeah, I yeah. get my pen. Yeah, uh, together we are the Hagman and the Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative recording team. And, and, and that's what I believe we are. Uh, portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by Pro Flowers. Folks, guys... Have you taken care of mom? Have you taken care of your wife yet? Mother's Day is coming up. Have you taken care of your the mother of your children? Mother's Day is coming up. Oh, man. You know, women love flowers. And I know some guys who like to get flowers, too. Men. I'm talking men, men. Not just, you know, I'm talking guys. 
They like to get flowers too, but um, having so said that, instead what? of cutting what? the flowers uh, from my neighbor's garden, yes. I'll go with pro flowers this time. You know, you know, I when you were small, and and uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you the story. Um, it was it was Mother's Day, and he was I don't know maybe three four. You were you were walking and kind of talking, and uh, you wanted to give your mom flowers, so. You actually did that. You actually walked to the neighbors, okay, <laughs> and you had a pair of these these you know the folks you know the plastic scissors with the um that that you get the for kids right. And he went over and he cut, I don't know, more than he could handle. Uh, there were tulips, um, various flowers, and he was so proud of himself because it was the neighbor's house, and he cut all the flowers, and, and he was carrying them back, and. uh our neighbor called me and said, "You know what your son did?" I said, "No." And she said, "She he cut all of all my flowers." And I said, "Man, I'm sorry. You know, I'm really sorry. How do you like? You can't reattach the the, the flowers to the plants." But uh, she said, "I watched him do it, and she could have stopped him." And she said, I watched them do it, and she said it was the cutest thing. Now, back then, if they would have had iPhones or something like that, it would have made a cute picture. But but so he comes in beaming uh, with flowers. So definitely pro-flowers. That's a much better choice, isn't it? Pro-flowers. Folks, here's the deal. There's a great offer. You can get... Uh, you can get your, you can get mom or your wife or that special someone a hundred blooms with a free glass vase for nineteen ninety nine plus shipping and handling, or you can even upgrade it, make her day a little bit more special. Have some chocolates in there, and a premium vase. It's beautiful uh, for just nine ninety nine more. Go to proflowers.com today. That's proflowers.com today. And here's the key: in the microphone box, use our code Hagman H A G M A N N. Otherwise, we don't get credit, and no one likes us, and, you know, Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N. And even if you're not listening to this program, just type in the code Hagman on the microphone box. Yeah. Think about that, what I just said. I of know. course not, right? Yeah. It's So we've got a great show for you uh, planned tonight. Uh, Joe, last night we had um, just an array of guests. Um, we had an array of guests uh, on and uh, it was it was a great show. It really was. We had uh, Pastor David Langford, Reverend Flip Benham. We had John Robertson. John John basically kind of coordinated everything. We had uh, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, a star in his own right, busting out shoe leather to to take on Target in that whole issue. Um, featured on Breitbart yesterday. Everyone should be supporting past the salt. Ministries, PTSalt.com, the Salt and Light Brigade. Coach Dave Dobmeyer is a guy out there making a difference. He's America's coach. He is absolutely America's coach. I will follow him onto the football field as I get mowed down by the refrigerator. Perry, is he still playing? Who? I don't know. Who do they call the refrigerator? Uh, oh, I think you're thinking of a Chicago Bears line. Joe Perry or something? Or Perry? Yeah, he's not playing anymore. Definitely not playing anymore. How about Don Meredith and Joe Namath? Oh, Joe Namath, he's he's uh yeah, he still plays. Starting quarterback for Cleveland Browns. Okay. And Bernie Kozar? Uh what happened he, to him? He plays for uh he plays for the uh 
uh, Utica uh, hound dogs. <laughs> you know, something tells me you're you're funning me. Also, folks, portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. You want to get mellow? <laughs> Boy, that sounded pretty weird, didn't it? You want to get mellow? Go outside and roll a fat one or fatty. What do they call that? I, I, I'm not even into the lingo anymore, but anyway, no, no, no. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. WholeTonesLive.com. WholeTonesLive. They've got a great product. They give you, uh, such a great product at WholeTonesLive.com. You can download free samples of the music. And this is music that we play in the background here in our studio when we're having a rough, well, all the time. It, it, it just depends. They, they've got different frequencies that'll affect your temperament. And some people say, well, man, that sounds a lot like New Age. No, it's not. It's based on the, on the sound principle, biblical principles of King David in the, in the Bible. So, uh, that's WholeTonesLive.com. More on that later as well. And I keep, uh, uh, Eric is uh, throwing stuff at me. I keep hitting the camera and stuff. So Actually, sorry about that. last night, I yeah. was the last one to leave the studio. On the way out, I knocked the camera. Yes. I I actually left. Can, can you believe that? I actually left before. That's one of the few, very few times that I. I yeah, usually I'm. I'm out, I was out the door. I don't even think the music stopped playing, and I was out the door. But uh, I, I just uh, I had such a you know a headache last night. But uh, I don't know. It was uh, had, had a really bad head and neck ache, and uh, really really tired last night. But uh, that's what you get. And then I. Got up at one thirty this morning with with the same headache, and I uh, actually came to came to the office shortly thereafter. Sat in the chair, promptly fell asleep until about four o'clock, and then worked. So anyway, uh, I just want to welcome everyone in tonight. Now, so so it, because last night we did not have um, open lines or open line Wednesday tonight. It's going to be open lines. We're going to hit some news today, and we're we're going to hit the. Um, it's some news right away, Joe. If I can, t- if I can just take this real quick. Yeah, go this. for it. All right, because here's what I want to do. Um, many people. Okay, there we go. I just had to get my notes straight. Many, many people are confused about Hillary, Diane Rodham Clinton in terms of what she's done. What has she done? You know, Snopes, or I shouldn't say Snopes. I'm not sure if if they if they're running this, so I'd retract that. Certain websites and certain forums will come out and say this uh, Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton's behavior as Secretary of State. There's nothing there. There's a lot of nothing. Well, we we did some we did some digging and. And talking with with some investigative professionals, as well as people at state, as well as uh, collecting open source information. And here's what uh, here's what we found: Clinton, Hillary, Diane Rodham Clinton served as Secretary of State from 2009 to 2013. She conducted State Department business using a computer server, her own. So she sent and received thousands of classified emails on a private server stored in the bathroom of a company in Boulder, Colorado. Now, she had her own server 
under her control. Now, there was a time, you have to understand, too, there was a time when that server, uh, and there's a question whether it was a, there was a secondary server or a backup server at her residence in, uh, in, in New York State. Regardless, whatever platform she used, she the server was not secure. It could not scramble. It could not encrypt classified information. Now, when the server was at Pagliano, uh, under the uh, I'm sorry, it was yes, it was under the uh, um, under the uh, control of a guy by the name Brian Pagliano, who was eventually awarded a State Department IT contract position but there were no security clearances to handle the classified information and just that alone right there are violations of national security laws think about that so what is classified information for example does it become classified or is it I mean what's the deal with this well the lowest level of classified material is designated confidential now think about this and, and understand what I'm what I'm saying here. You get something that's marked uh, confidential. Then above that is secret, and above that is top secret. So there's confidential, secret, and top secret. Any of those levels of classified information, they might also have subsections. And I'll give you an example. And there is a website that that has this broken down. I, I want to attribute this to the proper website. I will I will do so later in the program. But so there's confidential, secret, top secret, and then there's subsections such as no foreign dissemination, which is abbreviated no foreign, N O R F O R N. Okay, and he, help. yeah, That's a... and, and here's and here is a picture of a document. This is as this. We're not saying this has anything to do with Hillary Rodham Clinton, but no. if you look at the top, uh, folks, those watching you watching live on YouTube, if you look at the top, you'll see the classification, and you'll see it marked, somewhat marked out. Yeah, it has a line through it. It says top secret on it underneath. It says unclassified. Special handling north. Uh, yeah, special handling, no foreign, which is no foreign dissemination. And, again, you probably cannot make this out very well. Let me see if I can get this a little bit closer to the camera for those people watching at home. You can clearly make out that top secret yeah. special handling. And that's all I can read. So, okay, basically what I'm telling you is this is how they arrive. This is how the material arrives. The highest level of classified information, the highest levels, are known as above top secret. Above top secret. But really what they are, I mean, that's kind of a a colloquialism, above top, top secret. What they really are is SCI. SCI stands for Sensitive Compartmented Information. If it's not SCI, it could very well be SAP, like SAP. That is Special Access Program Information. Now, bear in mind that all military 
intelligence personnel have top-secret SCI access to information, and so do many in the civilian agencies. Some have both top-secret SCI and SAP access. All right, are you following me so far? Okay. People are given access to information that they only need to know, which protects them and our country's security. So if you don't need to know something, you are not, it is not given to you, so it can't be taken from you. And I don't necessarily mean documents, but I'm talking about tortured from you, or you get, you know, you get uh, plowed one night and you start running off your mouth, okay? Anyway, so as Secretary of State, Hillary had the highest, or one of the highest, clearances in the country. And she most assuredly had access to top-secret SCI and top-secret SAP information. Now, so, well, what is top-secret SCI? And again, now this is open source, and I will, as soon as I get the other page which I left in my office, I will, I will properly cite the website where, where you can find this information. But top secret SCI information usually pertains to imagery intelligence, satellite programs, methods, satellites and their capabilities whether it's the end product or whether it's the progress of or the, the methodology or whatever. Top secret SCI also includes signals intelligence, often abbreviated, abbreviated SIG, INT, SIGINT. All right. Now these programs and methods are used to collect electronic information. So if there is a surveillance or a wiretap, Audio, it's usually S-I-G-I-N-T, SIGINT, but it's top secret, compartmentalized in signals, intelligence, information. And, and you know, again, eavesdropping on phone calls and listening to what the German uh, chancellor's having for dinner or who she's having for dinner. Um, one of the most famous SIGINT programs in history you might recall Enigma, the, the cracking of the German Enigma machine code, which enabled the United States to know every move the Nazis were making. This is important because the the, the few people who knew about Enigma under this classification were told that if they ever revealed anything, if they ever revealed the Enigma secret to unauthorized personnel. You know what they were told? They would be shot. <laughs> shot. Not not fired, not indicted, not scolded, not taken to the woodshed, but shot. The release of SCI information on unauthorized personnel could cause grave danger and damage to the United States and each and every one of us in the United States. So these morons, these idiots out there wearing or, or saying, Hillary, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. Well, I'll get to that. Top secret SAP information 
remember SAP is the is the um, um, that classification is the special access program. What that is, it usually pertains to human intelligence or humant. You've got signant, signant, and humant special access programs, SCI. Okay. That's basically what that is. It's the investigative result of surveillance and investigation and research, spying operations, we'll say. Usually from sources embedded in other countries. I'm telling you what, what, I'm telling you what came across her, her server. So like SCI, SAP information also has code names. Obviously. Code names that are associated with the operation. You've all heard of Operation Paperclip, Operation Speak to Me Joe, Operation Whatever. Okay, you know, I mean, you name it. It's it, there's a name for it out there. SAP information. The release of that could cause actually danger to people who are working behind enemy lines or working in countries. Can you imagine? For example, here you are. You are a, you're a spy, James Bond, Bond, James Bond, and you got some dope like Hillary Clinton putting an odd information about you on an unsecured server. Half the time, people won't even sign into Facebook on an unsecured uh, server. Look, any release, any breach of the information and breach of security could indeed put the lives of our foreign sources in extreme mortal danger. Now, as Secretary of State Clinton dealt with classified information every single day, every hour of every day, some of it SCI, some of it SAP. And again, just to recap, SCI, Sensitive Compartmentalized Information, SAP, Special Access Programs, Signet and Human Signals Intelligence and Human Intelligence. Yet, what did she say? Oh, I never, I never received any, any classified information or information more classified. How then? Would she even conduct business in her position as Secretary of State? Did she merely send emails of Hillary or uh, Chelsea's, uh, uh, what was it, nuptials, chocolate chip recipes? What? What did she send? If she didn't send classified information, because this information is classified from beginning to end, end of story, what she was probably doing, and this is according to the website, which, I, again, I will cite um, when I get my hands on the, on the uh, document, what she was most likely doing was telling her staff to delete the classification levels from the top and bottom of each email page. And again, I, I just show you this uh, as the as the um, example. This is not put on there on the top there. If you can see that, that's not put on there uh, for show. That's put on there for a reason. Now these do become declassified, which is actually why I'm holding this one as opposed to not being in jail for it. Okay. 
It's actually, you can see, it's unclassified, which has been declassified. Anyway, it shows it's his anyway, so if you come after, throw him in the slammer. <laughs> All right. So, so she was probably telling her staff to delete the classification levels at the top and bottom of each email page and then send them to her to remove the classification levels. By the way, to, to remove this right here, to remove that, it's a felony. It's a felony if you take it, if you remove it. There, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. It's a felony. You take it off, you, you just committed a felony. Now, there, there's another part of our argument that's just absolutely ridiculous. And, and that's her consistent statement that she never handled information that on a non-secure server that was classified at the time. So, think about that. No, I never handled this. It never classified at that time. Because it, why does she even say that? Why would she even say that? Because she knows that if she did, automatically that's a felony right there. So she could not, she couldn't admit to it. Because she'd be admitting to a felony. Classified information is not, and I'm citing now this this website, classified information is not an egg. It doesn't incubate and then hatch and then suddenly become classified in one day. It's either classified from the first day, from day one, from the moment it's made, or it is not classified at all. To believe that she never received any, any classified information on her unsecured, unprotected, unencrypted server strains credulity at best. And there's no doubt that the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, the North Koreans, and the other enemies of a state all have some of, some or more of her many classified emails. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You know how easy it is, or seemingly easy it is, for hackers to break into banks and uh, retail stores, lists, get your PIN number, get your ID. At the nation state level, do you, don't you think that that uh, top diplomats are under surveillance every single moment of every day by numerous enemies? Of course they are. Yet none of these gutless, spineless people in Washington have, uh, are bringing her are, are bringing charges against this witch. And I use that term in its proper sense. Why? How many people are dead because of this witch? You've got to understand that the our enemies know a lot more about our satellites, our signal intelligence, our capabilities, our, our um, other special access programs, our human intelligence sources, and other information. This gives them insight into how we operate. Thanks to Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton. And no one is holding her accountable for this. 147 today, 147 agents from the FBI are working on this case because they know exactly how serious this is. So some dipwad on some forum or Facebook sticking up for this, this witch Saying, well, it's all a political, it's all a political show. Yeah. 
You tell that to the family of the star on the wall, of the good guys now. Not 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 the criminal cabal, but the good guys. She she walks around like she's free. She's nothing's happened. She needs to be in prison. I hope I explained why she needs to be in prison. I hope I explained the uh, clarified exactly what's going on with, with Hillary Rodham Clinton in terms of what she did. And Huma Abedin, her body double. I'm sure, and I'm sure, and I'm sure, participated in this. This is my view, based on my research, my investigation, participated in this, was the recipient and the sender, Sid Blumenthal, again, the recipient and the sender, and others within and outside of our government. And I'm sure that there are some embarrassing facts about Huma Abedin built or uh, embedded within the, these emails as well, and Hillary Rodham Clinton. Now, that's my supposition based on my research, but it's a reasoned uh, supposition. But for the but for the criminal activity, Joe, of this witch <laughs> uh, exposing our national intelligence, both signal intelligence and human intelligence, to the enemy and our enemies, and putting people's lives at risk and putting our national security at risk, and you've got 147 FBI agents on this, and there w- w- there needs to be an indictment. There needs to be an indictment right flipping now. Get off, and we need to demand, we need to demand that our legislators, or that the lawmakers, that these people, and see the other, the other half of this equation, she wasn't just talking to Abedin and Sid Blumenthal and others, she was talking to Obama, and Obama knows this. She was talking to both Republicans and Democrats on the various uh, committees and subcommittees. With uh, 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 intelligence information, you see, this is why we need not just an investigation, but an, ing- an aggressive investigation by the FBI, by the Senate. We need an indictment, and we need one right now. She should not be free to walk among us another day if it is found that she engaged in this behavior. I'll slap the cuffs on her. Give me the cuffs. Let me do it. And again, to these dipwads out there who are saying that there's nothing here. I keep dreaming. And that is my opening statement. All right. You got about... 24 minutes left until the top of the hour break. We're going to be covering uh, some important news. And after the break, we're going to be taking your phone calls, listener phone calls, for the remainder of the show. Preference goes to first-time callers. You can call in to comment about anything, questions, comments, concerns, um, any news items that you find interesting or uh, want to talk about. Uh, pretty much anything, uh, anything out there that you want to get into, we will uh, get into it. Now, some news of the day. There yes. uh, are several things going on. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but the president today, or I'm sorry, yesterday. <laughs> Please don't do that. 
Please, please, please consult Law the rules Day, of the show. U, Law Day USA 2016 by the President of the United States of America, a proclamation underpinning American democracy and upholding the founding principles of our nation, the law enshrines our bedrock belief in equality and justice for all. Central to securing these ideals is ensuring that every American's fundamental, constitutionally guaranteed individual rights are protected. And by respecting these rights, our national... Uh, our nation demonstrates its unwavering dedication to the, to the law. And it goes on from here. What he's doing here is, he's, uh, he says, on this day, on this year, Law Day, we celebrate 50 years since the Supreme Court's ruling of Miranda v. Arizona. The landmark decision made clear that the Fifth Amendment serves to protect all persons in settings which their freedom of action is curtailed in any way, significant from being compelled to incriminate themselves. And the and it goes on. This presidential uh, memorandum goes on. But there's a few interesting things that uh, I found in here and, and thought about while reading this. One, uh, this released. This was released on the 27th of April, and this is for uh, the rec- recognizing of law the Law Day USA for May 1st. 2016, May Day. Um, also, the uh, Law Day 2016 or Law Day USA 2016 is pretty much null and void with the NDAA. It talks about promoting American civil rights uh, and their constitutional rights and how there is uh, this, you know, uh, ability of the of a person accused to have uh, certain uh, limitations for police purposes or I'm sorry for the defendant's purposes uh, rights that cannot be infringed upon like their fifth amendment right here they say that you know anything they say anything somebody says can't be used against them unless their Miranda rights have been read to them so there there's a 50 year anniversary of the Miranda rights but that as you uh Come sorry. back here. Sorry. Law Day USA yep. 2016, issued by the president yesterday. I'm sorry, the renegade yesterday. Yeah, thank you. Is established to be May 1st, 2016. Well, isn't that an interesting date, ladies and gentlemen? May Day, we know what May 1st is, right? We know that what with Beltane, the, the satanic significance of May 1st. Go ahead. And then he, he goes on to say that the, um, you know, our constitutional rights are essential to um, freedom and to safeguarding the democracy of all our citizens across this country and that it is the government's duty to ed- to uh, the public to fulfill their civic responsibilities in this vital task to uphold the law not only uphold the law but inform those of their rights but it, like I said, it's all moot because, you know, we have the NDAA where there is no due process. There is no Miranda rights. There is no um, trial. There is no interrogation. I mean, they can just disappear you. But I just thought that was rather interesting. May 1st, 2016 is is being celebrated as the 50-year anniversary of the law, of the first Law Day. So Law Day 
2016 is on so, May 1st. May 1st, and that tells me that uh, that's a lawless day. I think we could turn that into lawlessness day because essentially May May 1st, May Day, the communism, that's what this is. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, you've got to understand the, the occult significance that these people are trying to uh, push upon us, much like they, they're hijacking our Christian holidays, they're hijacking these freedom days. And so they're laughing at us, they're putting this in our faces. Yes, they are. Um, Before you move on, I just want to mention usdefense.com is the, uh, I'm sorry, usdefensewatch.com, usdefensewatch.com. That was the open, their website on the open source information about the various classifications you can find about the intelligence. And if I may, just before you go on, I just want to to do this. Um, You see, I take notes, okay? This, I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. Okay, uh, these are my notes. I, I don't, I don't use small paper. Uh, it's a flow chart. Um, but I just want to, just want to throw out these names here real quick. Uh, Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton's email address at the time was hdr22 at clintonemail.com. So if you, you know, hey, you want to wish her well, there you go. Uh, David Kendall, lawyer for Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton in, um, I also want, want to throw out some other names here. Eric Hotham, H-O-T-H-E-M. He was a uh, licensed stockbroker since 2003. He worked at Citigroup from 2001. J.P. Morgan to, to 2000, in May of 2013. What was considered, uh, was 1997, was a special assistant to the Clinton family. He was a technological expert. And in 2002... Per the congressional report, the House Government Reform Committee, Roger, he had actually wired $15,000 to Roger Clinton in 2002, um, in March, or I'm sorry, March of, uh, yeah, a 2002 uh, congressional report by the House Government Reform Committee discovered, revealed that in March of 2001, he had wired $15,000 to, uh, Roger Clinton from a Citibank account linked to, uh, linked to his own account. So there's some shenanigans taking place there. And, um, this, this, this linked to Roger Clinton. This is about pardoning, uh, presidential pardons and so, and so on. So there's cross party things taking place. His wife, by the way, Sue Hotham, Eric Hotham's wife, Sue Hotham, Works for Benchmark Strategies, fundraiser for uh, political uh, watch in uh, 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 political uh, causes, I should say, in Washington, D.C. She's also listed as the vice president of a company called TechNet. She previously held um, various positions in um, Democratic leadership. I won't get into this. I'm just going through this very quickly. Brian Pagliano. Clinton uh, computer IT director paid by the Clintons and Senate leadership uh, PAC, PAC, okay, the uh, Political Action Committee. Now, this is the benefit of my of my research, our research here. From May 2000, or in May of 2009, Brian Pagliano, after um, setting up the server and setting up the uh, IT, being the IT director for Hillary Clinton, May 2009 was given a job, as I said, with uh, given a job as an IT person with the Department of State. Um, quickly, uh, uh, the Department of State Department of State Chief Information Officer in 2008, Susan Swart, she retired a few months before uh, Hillary Clinton left the Department of State to 
You want to take a guess where she retired to? Huh. Hold on. Let me save you the trouble. I, the IMF. Okay. She was the, she's now the Associate Director of IMF's Technology and Government Services Department. So, the Department of State, when, when Hillary Clinton was at, was at state, the Department of State Chief Information Officer, Susan Swart, began in 2008, left right before Clinton did, uh, retired to the IMF, and so she's aware of all of this as well. Cheryl Mills. Now, Cheryl Mills was, you know, the special assistant to Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton. Uh, there's a lot of uh, shenanigans here with the various uh, 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 Inspector General reports and Inspector General investigations, the, um, the people who are friends with Patrick Kennedy, who are friends with Sid Blumenthal, who are friends with, for example, Hillary Rodham Clinton and, and Huma Abedin, and all of this is just an incestuous cesspool of, of, uh, of junk. Department of State Inspector General left in 2008. The, the Department of State was supposed to have an IG. Did they have an IG? No. Now, the last one was Howard uh, uh, Krongard. He retired in 2007. So the Department of State was without an IG during all of Clinton's machinations. Yeah, nice presidential candidate, right? Hopefully, folks, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, take you off your flow, but I want to make sure I got that in. No, I don't really have a flow going today. Kind ah, of, get, get flowed up. Kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, just wiped out. I was telling Eric earlier, I feel like I kind of ran a marathon yesterday or something. Just all sore for no reason. One of those days where you're just physically and mentally tired. But, um, no, we will, uh, we will continue and, and move on. I want to hit this news piece before we, we hit the top of the hour break. New report shows police preparing for rioting on a national scale. Gee. You think where they're going to riot in Boise, Idaho, or uh, where? Well, a new report from analysts with Industry Research Group, uh, Sandler Research, forecasts the global riot control system market for the next four years. But beyond uh, a market parallel to the expanding global police state, it appears world governments are also le- are also keenly aware of civilian dis uh, discontent. Mm. And they predict that the market will have an annual growth of 3.5% that makes, um, that involves the United States. But they say law enforcement agencies around the world are the biggest market for riot control systems. And this market is expected to generate revenues over $3.5 billion in the next three years. What market? The riot control systems market. Go figure. This riot control Mayberry system is market. no longer. It consists of riot control equipment from non-lethal weapons to water cannons, uh, security personnel, uh, taser guns, sound weapons. In North America, the prominent markets are Canada and the U.S. Yep. Law enforcement yep. agencies in those nations are best equipped with the upgraded weapons, the militarization of the police departments and other law enforcement agencies in the Americas has encouraged the use of advanced riot control equipment across the globe. And believe me, it's going to be used. Now, Steve Quayle uh, is going to be talking about this tomorrow night with Greg Evenson. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow night. Steve Quayle, Greg Evenson, we're going to be talking about this very issue as well. But they're not buying this not to use it at some point. They're going to be cracking heads, and the heads they're going to be cracking are our own, are our heads. 
It's absolutely right. It goes on to state, though, that um, not only is this a uh, up-and-coming worldwide market, but they say Cleveland yeah. at the convention. Considering massive worldwide demonstrations in the U.S. and elsewhere, people finally grasp how corrupt governments actually are. It becomes apparent in these <laughs> reports that politicians and their enforcement agencies comprehend the greatest threat to their power. Yep. That is the people. Even the city of Cleveland gears up for the Republican National Convention. Voters and non-voters alike harbor greater disillusionment than ever before. Cleveland, whose police are currently under federal oversight following a Department of Justice probe that found a general pattern of brutality, plans to spend around $20 million to beef up security measures for the RNC. Uh, what money will go to, the sum will focus on training, personnel expenditures, and uh, Vox reported 40% will be earmarked for equipment and supplies, including, in part, <coughs> 2,000 sets of full-body riot gear. Right. Additionally, if not ominously, the city had put out bids, among other things, for 24, set of ballistic, 24 sets of ballistic body armor, 300 patrol bikes, and more than 3.7 miles of interlocking steel barriers, which can be used to curtail protesters as well as any and don't, traffic. And, and don't forget, you're going to have you're going to be forced. People are going to be forced into no go or free speech zones. I should say, not mm-hmm. there will be a no go zone around the convention center. It's going to be more difficult to. Um, we are now seeing the the Orwellian the effects of this Orwellian um, uh, policies. I mean, I, I can't think of any any other way to put it. Uh, however, imagine a situation, and please think outside of the box when you start thinking about this, because um, certain researchers and certain people have, have come up with different scenarios saying, you know, uh, something is going to take place, and and I, and I do believe that they will. T- they, the power, the powers behind the powers, will try to do something. We'll try to do something that will cause or or evoke some sort of reaction. And and I don't have any hard intelligence on this, but what people, what what my sources are telling me, and and I've got a couple of good sources inside the, uh, this the intelligence venue are, are telling me that. Because they're in the, in the fashion that they are um, preparing, they're expecting a tremendous response from ostensibly from the right. Now, I don't see that taking place. I see it. I see people from the progressive causes like Black Lives Matter and what are the other ones? Um, any other various groups who will who will oppose or um, present themselves perhaps as Unhappy about, we'll say about uh, Trump maybe not getting the nomination or something, whatever. It doesn't matter, but the response is going to be swift and severe against the people. And of course, um, the, the the intent here is to cause riots. And I, I stand by my article back in 2011, 2012, 2013. Check it out at Canada Free Press. Check it out at com. And uh, I'm going to be revisiting this as well, saying that 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 this the people within the the power structure want a civil war. They want a. They want to. They want to provoke the people to a civil war, and um, it's coming. And we could be. And you know what? We've never seen such. And I don't believe we. Joe, do you tell me? Have we ever seen such a a radical division, divide, a deep, deep divide among 
families and friends and people with this ideological divide, which even even the bathroom situation, you have people who don't who who, who don't care, and then you got people who care. You got people who don't see that as a threat because they're delusional and they're not they're not adhering to reality. And then you got people who understand what the threat is and the magnitude of the threat, but can't get through to the the the, uh, the morons on the other side who who, uh, who believe that they're doing something you know Christian like. There's nothing Christian about whatever they're doing with respect to bathrooms. Yeah, did you see what, what Alabama did today? I Alabama did not. I, 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 Alabama, use ba- Alabama and I are not on speaking terms. <laughs> Alabama City, use bathrooms matching biological sex or face six months in jail. Say what? Uh, in six Alabama, months in jail, right? In Alabama, transgender people in Oxford, Alabama, could now face six months in jail for using restrooms labeled for the gender which with they identify. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Transgender so, so, okay, people right. in Alabama yeah, you, 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 could now face six go. months no, in jail for using restrooms labeled for the gender which they identify. So if a guy's got the plumbing of a guy, goes into a women's restroom, they could be uh, uh, jailed. Right. Okay, they're arrested. But, yeah. All right. That, that's good. That's good. Where, where's except that Except this is in, in Oxford, Alabama. All right. So, so that's good. The, the only problem with this is they say the law... Uh, is going to be very hard to enforce because how are you? I mean, they go on to this is what I, I, I have a simple solution to that, folks. You want to hear it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, no, what they're saying is, um, Eric knows. Uh, this is what they it says the ordinance does not explicitly men- mention the term transgender when the city isn't trying to discriminate but is trying to prevent people from abusing policies such as Target. Uh, the target bathroom policy and using them to prey on people. The law includes some expectations such as adults occupying children under the age of 12. Those violating the ordinance could face six months in jail or a $500 fine. Oxford Police Chief Bill Partridge did not return CNN call for comment, but he told CNN affiliate WBRC that the law would be enforced just like any other for a misdemeanor. A person would have to call the police and complain. When the police arrive, the officer would have to witness the crime. No, no, no. Well, all right. Only be, yeah. And And after that, the the person who called that that is something in the complaint would have to sign a warrant. Right. right, right. And the new law comes amid a spate of bathroom policies affecting transgendered people across the country. You you can't. You okay? a, A cop can't arrest somebody. Who is who allegedly committed a misdemeanor on the word of someone else? Okay, that I oversimplified that, but yeah. that's the gist of it. Okay, and I got to tell you this. Okay, since you're not feeling like 100 percent, right? Well, I'm just. Uh, I, I, I remember kind of this. This kind of goes along with the story. I remember, folks. I remember uh, I, I was working for an attorney, and uh, the attorney gave me a list of people I had to go interview. And uh, this this one, well, the uh, well, I went into I, I, this was a, a huge case, and one of the witnesses I was supposed to evaluate the uh, the credibility of the witness. And I remember going into, and, and the name was uh, I'll just give the first name, obviously Pat. Yeah, Saturday Night Live, Pat. Okay. All right. So this is at night, and this is in a, in a kind of really uh, shady section of, uh, of a city I was in. And 
I was alone, and I remember going up, walking up the stairs, knock on the door. This is an apartment building in this kind of this really blighted area, and it was uh, you just didn't want to you just didn't want to be there after dark, and it was dark. So I walk up the stairs, Joe, and knock on the apartment door. This woman opens the door. She's in the house dress, kind of kind of like a I'd say a house dress, one of those old kind old fashioned dresses you see that go down to your knees, you know. Had socks up to up to her, well halfway up her calves, and had slippers on. And I said, "Are you Pat?" And she said, "Yes." I, I said, "Hey, you know, I, I need a." And I, I showed her my identification. I said, "We need to talk." I, I, I want to interview you about what you saw about this one incident. And she said, "Sure, come on in, have a seat at the table." And so we're sitting down there. And, and I'll never forget this. I'm typing and, I, and I, I'm looking and I'm thinking, no, no, wait a second, because you, know, you got to get your full name and date of birth and so on. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, what it appears to be. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable because it, it, I just I, obviously, you know. And then she pulls one of she pulls a Sharon Stone uh, move on me. Now, no, not. Not a provocative, not in a provocative way, in, in a way a guy might do it. Okay, sits back and kind of leans back and you know shows her his wares. Again, not provocatively, but just matter of factly. So I'm looking at her extra equipment. It wasn't a her; it was a he. I guess is my, my whole whole point. And this is back in the late 80s, early 90s, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's something, I mean, this is just plain wrong, plain wrong. Um, yeah, uh, so, so the credibility of a witness show, how would you, seriously, and, and the reason I brought this up is because how can you even, at the end of the day, when we, when we looked at all of the witnesses, despite the information this individual had, the credibility was not there. And, and I, I mean, if, if this person is confused about gender or misrepresenting, it was more appropriate his gender to be a woman. My question is, how? aside from it being morally wrong, it, it's all, it, help me out here. I mean, it's just wrong. It's just, it's just wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. We're at the top of the hour break, folks. We're going to take your calls on the other side. If you want to call in, the or don't. 844-769-2944. That's 844-769-2944. And if we don't like what you're saying, we're going to hang up on you. Any and all callers, first-time caller preferences, but uh, please call in, share with us. Uh, Talk to us. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Talk to us. These uh, call-in shows we're doing once a week are for you as well as for us. So let's make it happen. We'll be right back. This is the Global Star Radio. 
Look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Hey, you know, I was just going to say, I'm on top of my game today, and I can't even hit a switch there. You can't see a switch, but it's even got a light that says, hey, hit me, you know, turn me on here. Anyway. I want everybody to know I do not control that button. That that voice you heard was Eric the Tech. He speaks. Welcome back to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report on this open phone, Wild Wednesday edition, except it's Thursday. That's right. We had to move our Wild Wednesday to Wild Thursday for open phone lines. Previous this week. Yeah, yeah. So your calls, your calls, we're taking your calls as they come in. Preference to new callers, deference to new callers, of course. We have an unlisted number, but should you decide to call, should you want to call, that number is 844-769-2944. Can't read my own writing there. Um, folks. Mother's Day is getting close, please. Mom has always been an expert for you. She's been there for you. She's done things for you, made sacrifices for you. She's given you relationship advice. She's fixed your cuts and bruises. She's she's always been there, I'm sure, always been there for you. And, and if you, perhaps if you have lost your mom, like I have, your wife, you're the mother of your children, oh, Talk about, talk about such an important job, and sometimes a thankless job. So how do you thank someone like that? With flowers, with flowers from Pro Flowers. Get Mom 100 blooms with a free glass vase for nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Nineteen ninety nine. You can't beat that, guys. This takes all of the thinking out. Well, I shouldn't say all of the thinking. It takes all of the work away from you. They do all of the work for you. They plant the seeds. They water the, the flowers. They grow the flowers. They go out and cut the flowers. They wrap them up. And they ship them to you. It's, it, I, I'm making light of that, of course. But the, the product that you receive 
the look on your wife's face or your mother's face, oh, you just can't, you, you can't even buy that. What a great, what a great offer. A hundred blooms. I mean, really, really, really make her night, make her day, make her weekend. Get mom 100 blooms with a free glass vase for 19.99 plus shipping and handling. Or make her day extra special. Upgrade to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates. And these chocolates are delicious. Just ask my wife. She loves them. Just 9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com today. Use our code Hagman in the upper right microphone box. That's Hagman. H-A-G-M-A-N-N. They take all of the guesswork out of sending mom, grandma, wife, the perfect mothers they get. Yeah, I didn't talk about grandmas. Grandmas are extra special. They got more to deal with. So mom and grandma and the missus. Oh, now, guys, I want to see this. You got to do this, okay? And check in with me. I use Pro Flowers. I use them. I've used them. I used them last week. You cannot go wrong. You can't beat the price. You can't beat the convenience. They take care of all the details. Pro Flowers are guaranteed to be fresh and beautiful for at least seven days or your money back. You choose a delivery date that you want. It's guaranteed. It's really a no-brainer, folks. I just, I just thank. And in fact, I, I, I sent a thank you note to uh, one of the individuals at Pro Flowers before the great job they did. They went an extra mile when I screwed up my order. It, it's, it's really foolproof. But what I did was I, I forgot to add something, and I went back and I sent a note, and, and uh, boy, they took care of it right away. Call. Not, I, we, here's the only way to get the hundred blooms with a free glass vase starting at 19.99. Here's the only way to do it. You, you got to call 800 Pro Flowers, or even better, visit proflowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the top right hand corner. Type in Hagman. That's proflowers.com. Click on the microphone and type in Hagman, or call 800 Pro Flowers. But doing it via the internet is so much easier. Remember, Mother's Day is next week. Order today because this offer expires Friday at midnight for the 100 blooms. Folks, take advantage of this. Really. I really. Yeah, take advantage of this. Now, before I turn, before we get to the phones, before I turn it over to you, Joe, I just want to, uh, this week we, we had a couple of, uh, a couple of, uh, where we had, we had a show where the discussion was about self-defense. All right. Now, Barrett, now here's, I'm just going to say this really, really click, quickly. I believe, and I can cite biblical scripture and verse. I, I'm not, I don't want to get into the biblical aspect of self-defense right now, but I, I certainly believe as Christians we have the, not only the right to defend ourselves, but the duty to, to, to defend ourselves and others, including it, but not limited to our family. If I see, and, and let me just state very clearly, if, if I have an unfriendly coming through my door, an unfriendly is going to have a serious case of lead poisoning. All right, and I, as a Christian man, uh, would do not feel any remorse, regret. Well, I, certainly I feel bad about it. I would not want that to happen, but I do believe scripturally and uh, morally, I am I am within my moral and scriptural rights to do so to to to, to neutralize the threat in any way, shape, or form possible. I say this only because I don't agree with the wussification. And that's a nice word. Steve, I talked to Steve the other day. Uh, 
I think we agreed on that word for reasons, which obviously you can think of. Because him and I, we, we talk about this. He called me up the other morning. And again, you can't understand. I'm in my office. This is like Tuesday morning, 6.30 in the morning. He, the phone rings in my office. I don't even know how. I, he might have cameras in here. I don't know. It's 4.30 where he's at. I pick up the phone. Hey, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> like, Steve, it's like 4.30 in the morning. What are you doing? Oh, did you see this? or Did, did you see this headline? Uh, yeah. He said, look, i, I got to tell you something. You know, so we'll, we'll talk. And we'll, we'll, It's just it, what a fabulous man he is. I just love the guy to death. Um, and, and but, but but you know it, it's funny because he's he, he's he does not like the wussified Christians at all. But here, how do you like this, folks? The Huffington Post. What a sewer pit! I mean, to me, this is a sewage pit. The Huffington Post, Ariana Huffington, no longer part of the Huffington Post, obviously. But anyway, so. so some bozo says that sh- now listen to this listen shooting in self-defense is illegal because it denies violent criminals a fair trial now think about that for a second <laughs> okay you, you got a guy uh anyone coming after me or my family with a with a we'll say a, we'll say a sword or or a handgun or a knife or an AK forty seven. I don't it don't matter. I don't care. And poses a threat to to my family. No, you're not going to shoot the wound. I, I'm not that good. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter if you're good or not. The fact is, you you neutralize. You you shoot center mass, so no one else gets hurt. You take the threat out. And you, you know what, folks? I and I'm, I'm telling you this. If you, and this is my belief. If you're if you're of the age, we'll say under thirty right now, you will most more than likely be faced with a violent situation in your lifetime. The way that the trajectory of, of our country is going in the world. But can you believe this junk? Shooting in self defense is illegal because it denies criminal it was a fair trial. The Huffington Post is arguing that Americans have no legal right to shoot a violent attacker. Because it violates the criminal's right to a fair trial. Well, now, it, this, uh, is, how, this how, is a circular stupid. argument. I mean, <laughs> that it, goes nowhere because their violent actions was, is denying me a right to life. Uh, you know, denying me a, a right to non-injury, denying me just basic safety. Well, uh, so, a person uh, who is who is violent, I'm twitching here, man, trying to. Uh, commit an act of violence against somebody, whether it is, uh, you know, uh, premeditated or, or otherwise, is the first person to violate another's rights. So we should put their, even though they're violating another person's rights, right? We shouldn't violate their rights. Well, no, because, because, they, right, right. I mean, yeah. you talk, you talk about some of the most, uh, double talk circle, circle arguments. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this. Um, let me go back here because this idiot, uh, um, Justin Kermy, 
he's he's got a degree in philosophy. According to his bio, he's a blogger that seeks to engage people in thought and conversation through presenting uh, news, new views to matters new or old. Um, well, you know, that just goes to show you, um, I, anyone with a, to me, anyone with a degree in philosophy needs, uh, well, I, I, I shouldn't make sweep, sweeping statements about that, but um, he, he says this, the, sec- uh, the Second Amendment is highly contested. Okay, wh- excuse me? I didn't know that. Is it really highly contested, the Second Amendment? It's a right to bear arms. What, what, what's, what's so contestable about the Second Amendment? He writes, there's no doubt that people do have the right to carry and have a stockpile of guns, the right of people to keep and bear arms, he parenthetically states here. And the state has the right to organize a well-regulated militia, but the main issue is the right uh, to self-defend with a firearm. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know what, I'm, I just can't even go on with this because because th- this is so uh, obviously uh, uh, psychotic that, that in, in, you... Before shoot, you pull that trigger, consider the rights uh, of... <laughs> uh, you talk about idiotic... The author thinks that we can't use guns in self-defense because, and I quote, therefore, if we ponder and meditate on the on recent events and news about guns, it would be obvious that the current state is incorrect. The gun for civilians is a weapon for a revolution. That's true. That's true. And not for ordinary use. The belief that a gun is a useful tool to protect one is counterintuitive because guns get in the hands of people who use them for horrible reasons. Okay. Really? Stick to, stick to, uh, you know, philosophy, your, your philosophy about the other things, uh, Kermy. I mean, you talk about a, a, piece, a garbage piece, a piece of garbage, but people are buying into this. See, that's the problem right now. People are buying into this. People are buying into this. Well, we, we shouldn't, uh, and somebody had sent me a really great Article. It, it's about victim. It, it's about. Um, it was written. And thank you, whoever sent this. Uh, it was written. Um, here it is, right here. I got this the other day, and I, I want to make sure I mention this. Um, Raging against self-defense, a, psych- a psychiatrist examines the anti-gun mentality. It's written by Sarah Thompson, M.D. And it's uh, at. The the article is at the website of Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, which is jpfo.org, and the article is Raging Against Self-Defense. A psychiatrist examines the anti-gun mentality, written by Sarah Thompson. I would give it a read because it it goes into this twisted mentality of uh, being a victim, of always having to be the victim. Defense mechanisms, uh, such as denial. Denial is simply refusing to accept the reality of a given situation, which is a defense mechanism commonly utilized by supporters of gun control. Uh, and it goes on and on. Yeah, but but this is a perfect example. And, and I, I want to thank the emailer who sent this, this link to me. Um, people who identify themselves as victims harbor excessive amounts of rage at other people whom they perceive as not victims and um, so the, the gun owners are frequently the targets of professional victims because gun owners are willing and able to prevent their own victimization you see the, you, you see what we're saying here it really anti second amendment is a mental disorder 
Anti-self-defense is a mental disorder. It, it, there's nothing Christian about it. There's nothing religious about it. There's nothing spiritual about it. I don't think, I don't know this to be the case, but I don't think God is going to give you a gold star for taking a bullet and, and not doing anything while your wife is being raped, mutilated, your daughter is being raped, and, and, and you're just standing around with your thumb up your butt. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it, hey, maybe I'm the one that, that that's mentally ill. I don't think so. But I don't have a victim mentality. I'm not in denial. I am not a professional victim, nor will I be, nor do I would I encourage any one of you to be as well. And if you want to make a, a some sort of a, a religious argument or a biblical law argument about it, you know what? Talk to the hand. Does that People still say that? Probably not, right? All right. Go ahead. Just, I just want to, what a piece of trash this, uh, and, and you know, I like, I, look, uh, to me, I'm, I'm a writer, okay? I, I, or at least I think I'm a writer in my head. Sometimes when the voices stop, but, um, oh, a lot of people are going to have fun with that comment. Um, no, I, I consider myself a writer, and I write articles. I don't write trash, though. And I'm very, very, uh, there's very few things I would ever call trash out there that somebody would write where I'd want my 15 minutes back of reading it or where I would regret ever reading it because a lot of people have a lot of good things to say. And I read a lot. I just, I love to read. But this, garbage. So save me. By the way, say anyone on the other side of this argument, um, get your own show. Don't don't email me with all, all you know. Don't email me saying, "Well, you're not very Christian-like." Get your own show. And for those people out there who will continue to, uh, to to take me to task for everything that I do and anything that I might do, and say, "Get your own show." Preach it, preach it to whoever you know. Preach it to your three or four people that uh, actually read your stuff. All right. Uh, boy, I'm, I'm an angry man today. Yeah. Let's go stick. to the phones. We got uh, Dave, Maria, Lars, Edward, Emily, and Richard. We're going to go to Dave in Florida first. Dave, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Hello, guys. Joe and Doug. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, How's it going? I think we're doing all right. Um, I know, I know, Doug, I hear you. I hear you are perfectly 100% right. There is no way I'm going to give up my AK-47. Man, that thing is on target. I am, like, broke, but there's no way I'm going to give it up. There's no way. They can come. They're going to have to take it out of my cold, dead hands. Freak those people. All those people, go and take them from the Islamic compounds all throughout this country. The day is going to Saddle for battle, Dave. Saddle for battle. Yeah, that guy, I hate to say it, I, I like that guy. I don't know if you're giving a reference to that guy that was on the show the other night. And when I heard him say, basically, that you should just, like, I can't find anywhere in the Bible that it doesn't, that it says to kill. You know, and I think that's, I think well, that's what you're referring maybe yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, look, there are, and, and with all due respect and to our I guest, and, and I, I don't want to talk about our guest, okay? Uh, because I, I, I love his, I love his financial insight. I think he's a great guy, and uh, I, I just I, happen I to disagree with him on this. I want to say I, I loved, I loved the thing that he said about peace. 
about getting away from the city and getting out and you could feel the peace of God the, you can get closer to our Lord God I did like that I thought that was Amen. really great so anyway um, go ahead Beth. I'm sorry for cutting you off no I just I just in, number one settle for battle number two uh, Dave you know we're all we're all in this together and I do believe that what we're going to be seeing right now is an increase in, in violence we're, we're going to see an increase in home invasions uh, we're, we're going to see an increase in the uh, animosity between families, friends, uh, and so on. We are going to be threatened and threatened immensely and, and uh, exponentially. Oh, yeah. You know, so we, we better be ready and for I this. I, I've been calling this ever since I've been on Laurie Roth years ago, and back in '08 or whatever. I've been. I knew this was all going to go down. I knew this was all going to go down. But um, uh, from a lighter point, I just want to say real quick. I I, I can't give anything right now, Doug and Joe. I, I'm just making it down here. By the grace of God, this is why I know I, I, I have the Lord with me. He He has sustained me. I, I brought stuff down from Long Island, New York, down here, and I just had ran out of total money. And I had just enough coffee left and enough pasta and sauce and cheese and peanut butter and uh, not jelly, but actually blueberry spread I use. And it just made it until I got my check on the first, which is basically the whole thing goes to rent down here. I'm in a really high place. I shouldn't be here, and i got to try to move. So, you know, I know I haven't done anything for you, but God, the Lord is my witness. I, I'm, I'm just uh, like destitute. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. you got to take care of and yourself. I couldn't even yeah. get my blood pressure medicine. I even had to put off with that. And uh, they wouldn't even give it to me, but I'm trying to get off it anyway. So I I'm just saying. I, I know. I know. Well, I just wanted to say that. I don't want to take up too much of your time here. Um, I just wanted to say, for a lighter point, um, I'm going to make up my own sign. And when I go see those transgender bathrooms, I'm going to put a sign over it, and it's going to be it. It's going to be the it bathroom. Remember the, on the Adams family where you had the it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember it on the Adam Seven? <laughs> Cousin It. Of course I do. Cousin It. And I'm Cousin gonna call it. it the It's. I think that's what they should call it. The It's bathroom. Okay. Yeah. Uh and I think that Cruz should if he doesn't win, I think he should get a job as a uh, they could, they should do another Dracula movie and put him as the leading star in Dracula. And he can take all the people and say, Come to me. Okay, that's a lighter side. Now, on the heavy side, I want to say that I went into church. Uh, of course, I'm Catholic, and I go to the Catholic church, and I had a shirt printed up, and it said, um, on the front it says, Jesus is Lord. And on the back it says, Islam is of Satan. Well, I went in the first time. Nobody said anything to me. Two, two girls liked it. Then I just went in this past Sunday, and I went up to a guy just, oh, can I just stay here? You know, I wanted to stay in church a while. And he goes, I, I know you have the First Amendment, but this your shirt really offends me. And I'm just like, he just, I was in awe. And he said, I know there's the First Amendment, but your shirt just offends me. And I just like looked in it and whatever, and I said, and I did a about face and I walked away from him saying, that's right, I have the First Amendment, and I couldn't believe that he that I offended him. Okay, so, so wait, wait a second. So on the back, okay, 
Tell me what it said again, the shirt. On the front, on the front, it says, Jesus is Lord. On okay, the back, the, right. Islam is of Satan. Now, if you go into okay. the saints like St. Saint, um, Thomas Aquinas, he basically said the same thing, that any other religion but Christianity is a false religion. Basically, it's of Satan. That's how it is. Well, you, and we should be converting yes. him. You know, we should be really converting him, converting him to the true faith. So, you know, that, that we should be missionaries. That that's, that's right. No, I, I can see where somebody would say that, that that's offensive. I mean, I understand that. I don't. I'm not agreeing with that. I understand it. Okay. It's you know. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Now, um, it, it, but there's a bigger point to this discussion, Dave. I don't know where you got the shirt. Okay, I don't know where you got the shirt, but here's the bigger point that I want everyone, and I'm glad you brought this up, because, folks, please understand this. The bigger point in this is more and more companies are refusing to print anything that is objectionable, not offensive, but objectionable to this the, the state. Okay, for example, Hillary for prison. Now, I understand that if you use a copyrighted symbol, you can't do that. I, I get that. But if you have just the block lettering Hillary for prison, not president, for example, there are companies out there that who have refused my, and I'm not going to say the companies right now. There's a reason for that. Just trust me. But there are companies out there who will not print those uh, sentiments. Where where is this going to stop? That's my question. So what you're do what you just said there is very important, but for the reasons, not for the personal reasons, but for the larger reasons of objectionable content. What you know, soon you're not going to you're not not only are you not going to be able to wear it, but you're not going to be able to get it printed anywhere. A what? You're, not only you know you you may not be able Hello, to get it Doug? printed anywhere. Yeah. Hello, Doug. Yep. Hello. Hello. Can you hear Doug? me? Dave? Dave, you there? Dave. Hello? Yeah, All right, we're going to cut. Yeah, okay, there you go. So whatever we're well, doing, yeah, you have to stand on your head no, uh, no, to I'm, hop twice or whatever. No, but no, yeah, no, so, no, no, no. Okay, but, but I, what, I, what, what, what I'm saying, though, just, just understand what I'm saying. Now, the bigger bigger issue is not, not wearing the shirt, but getting the shirt printed because companies are refusing to, to actually print why, that kind of material. Why do you say, uh, that, that, you know, you can understand why it's offensive? I just wanted to know. What, what? No, well, you don't no, know, I, wear it. No, no, no. I, I understand. I mean, I can understand. I can, I can actually picture someone saying, "Well, that that offends me." I mean, it doesn't. It, it, I understand that. I understand somebody. Um, maybe that's the wrong word to say. I, I can see that happening. That's what I'm saying. I had a lady there that said, "You're right. It is." You know, like that. I, I want to also say, um, I signed in in a chapel. There's a chapel, and maybe you know what what I mean. But anyway. And I put down Soldiers of the Cross, and I went into the chapel a couple of times. Soldiers of the Cross, the organization. I don't know right. if there is, but that's what I felt like putting. And I seen that the next week, whoever it was, they crossed it out of the book. <laughs> so I guess that's a horrible thing to say, too. Soldiers of the Cross is a horrible thing to say. Uh, the other no, thing no, I want to say is... <laughs> Soldiers of yeah, the Cross, yeah, I don't think that's too wrong. Go ahead. The other thing I want to say is... Uh, the deacon that the deacon did the homily at the church and he was saying he said everybody here today is one day going to be in heaven 
He didn't talk about sin. Didn't say anything about that. Just everybody is going to be in heaven. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. And I'm like sitting back just saying, everybody in the church is going to be in heaven? You know, like nothing about sin. Then then the other day when I was getting my blood pressure checked in the store, a, a Southern Baptist, he must have made my blood pressure go up. We, I don't know how we started talking. And uh, he came unto the same thing. He says, he goes to me, do you accept Jesus as your personal, you know, your Lord and Savior? I says, yes. He says, well, then you're going to heaven. I said, well, yeah, but you have to, you can't be in sin. You can't, like, be living together, you know, fornicating. And he was, like, not comfortable with that, my position on that. So then so he you, changed uh, it. He uh, says, so right. he changed it at the end, and he says, well, if if you're accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you wouldn't be doing that. But there are mm-hmm. people that do that. Right. They accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, yet they're living with another person out of not not in marriage you know what i mean yeah i mean it's it's a, yes you would not be um predisposed to, to uh to lie to cheat to steal to murder uh to um you know when i say murder i'm talking about murder not not killing in self defense or any of this uh if you are truly saved and have the, the spirit the holy spirit within you you would not be predisposed to that, that those conditions i believe joe i don't know i mean isn't that true mm-hmm. all right so but we all sin i mean we, we no one is perfect but uh, i know fact, but if you're living there's people though that accept jesus as their lord and savior and they're living with another opposite sex or two men are living together right? and they accept Jesus and are they going to heaven? I mean we can't really judge but I don't want to be in their shoes you know what I mean? I'll stay right. in my shoes right? right. But the last thing I want to say is if you don't mind I, I wrote up something right here and this goes what, what you were saying before I thank you very much if you let me say this I, sure. and I wrote this out I wrote this out so I think there's a lesson to be learned from Benghazi. I think we should really envision how all those Americans died from those satanic Islamic scum, especially the last two who were retired Navy SEALs. Think that for seven hours these heroes were under fire in a compound, like backed into a corner and nowhere to go, only to ask our government for help. But the President of the United States of America and his Secretary of State of the United States of America gave a deaf ear to these Navy SEALs who served their country honorably. If they can do that to them, they can do that to all of the patriots. This event should be imprinted all the time. So if they come to disarm you, you won't be because your fate will be similar to these two Navy SEALs. I was the first... Go on. Um, they were dragged out of that compound with their bloody fingerprints on the walls. They must have run out of ammo. What they did to them outside was probably diabolical, diabolical horrendous. Don't give up your firearms for this end will be yours, death. Better to die on your feet than live on your knees for a short while. And you Secret Service know this fact 
what he did to these men, but more the Navy SEALs who had family waiting for them. And I'm sorry, my heart goes more to the Navy SEALs. Just something about it. I'm sorry. It goes to all of them, but more so to the Navy SEALs. I'm sorry. And you protect this murderer in chief. This is to you, Secret Service. And you protect this murderer in chief. And all of you in Congress, all of you, you are a disgrace to the republic, to the flag for which it stands. And all of you, all of you, one day will face the king of judges, and you will have to give an account. God help you all. Under this president and whatever, more Navy SEALs have been laid to rest than have died in actual combat. You hate the Navy SEALs because especially they are white Christians, Mr. President. You will, Obama, meet the King of Kings one day, for all man dies this life of mankind. I only wish I could be at your judgment, for I know even with all the prayers that were sent to you to repent, you don't. I know without a doubt you will be consumed in a lake of fire where you will wish you were dead, but you really are. If God would allow you to experience the pains of hell, you would change like night to day, but God won't do that. So run to your eternal reward, the fires and smoke, and stink of hell, never ending. Thank you, Doug. John. Thank you. All right, Dave. Well, that, that should suffice. It should serve as your um, anti-high blood pressure medication, getting that off your chest. We uh, thank, thank you, you for the call, much, my John. friend. All right, brother. Thank Good you. Evening. God bless you. All right. We're going to Maria. Maria. Next. Maria, you're live on the Hagman and Hagman. Bring report. some sense. Maria. Hi, guys. Hey. Can you hear me okay? We can. Maria Canise, author of Prepare for Persecution. And yeah. uh, you can get that on Amazon and Prepare for Persecution, other other books by her as well. That's a great book because we need to prepare for persecution. I wanted to get that out there. I was reading that book just the other day, going through it again. Such great nuggets in there. Go ahead, Maria. Thank you. Uh, listen, um, the my dad was raised a Quaker pacifist, although he fought for the war effort, but he didn't do it in a military way. He did it in a, a think tank with the OSS, so he still backed the war effort. And he has a good friend who's a army, retired Army general who's a godly man, and he sees him as being a very godly man and never saw that as not being Christian. So, you know, if someone wants to be a pacifist, that's okay, but don't put down other Christians who aren't. The Bible does not require Christians to be pacifists. When when the Ten Commandments, when it says, Thou shalt not kill, the word is murder. It's not self-defense or military or capital punishment. It's murder. Um, when the Roman soldiers asked John the Baptist what they should do, he did not tell them to stop being soldiers. When Peter led the Roman centurion Cornelius and his household to salvation, he did not tell Cornelius to stop being a soldier. When Jesus healed the servant of the Roman centurion, he did not tell that centurion to stop being a soldier. And, you know, when Jesus said, uh, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword, he didn't say it was morally wrong. What he's saying is you pay a price if you do that. It's difficult, and anybody in the military could tell you that. Um, now, Jesus in Matthew 5:39 uh, to 40 said, But I say unto you that you resist not evil, 
But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. So Jesus is telling him, let him slap you on the cheek. But he does not say, let him rape and kill your wife and kids. Okay? He says, let him take your coat. He does not say, let him take your house and throw you and your kids out in the street to starve. In other words, he's saying, don't sweat the small stuff. And we see in the Bible where Paul resisted getting a whipping from the Romans and Jesus told us to flee persecution. Those are both forms of resisting evil. Um, in Acts 22, 25 to 26, when they, the Romans took Paul prisoner and they tied him up and they were going to give him a whipping, he said, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that's a Roman and uncondemned? So when he was able to escape a whipping, he did it. They backed off. They weren't going to do it. And then Jesus, in Matthew 10:23, he said, But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. So we're supposed to avoid it. On the one hand, he says, Blessed are you when men persecute you. On the other hand, he says, When they persecute you, flee. He wants you to live as long as you can. And if you're one of the people who's called to be a martyr, you'll wind up backed in a corner where you have a choice between denying God or being martyred, in which case you get martyred. But you don't volunteer for the job. You stay alive as long as you can. That's what Paul did. You know, if he just laid down, we wouldn't have a fourth of the New Testament. He wrote that from prison because he kept fighting for his life and running. I mean, they led him over the wall in a basket. He did all kinds of creative things to escape dangerous situations. And we should do the same, escape or fight, whatever, we, whatever it takes. And now in Paul's case, he couldn't fight because the Romans were in charge and he was so outnumbered, fighting wouldn't have worked. But uh, in a case where a person can defend themselves, they should. Um, and then here's another it's, thing. I think it's morally and spiritually required. God has given us the gift of life, has he not? And, and uh, Yes, he has. And that's we part are not of providing for your that. family. That's right. Isn't providing for your family include providing for them to stay alive? Yes. And not be raped and brutalized? Yes, and to me, Maria, anyone who would stand idly by and watch that happen, in my view, well, you can yeah. finish that statement. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, now, yeah, it, yeah, go ahead. There have been Christians where they said, if you don't deny Jesus and accept Islam, we will kill your child. Well, you cannot do that. Then you pray for your child and you tell them it won't take long, honey, it won't hurt too long. And it breaks your heart, and they kill a kid, and then they kill you. <laughs> okay, and, and, and I'm that, glad that you brought this. In okay, the Middle East. yeah. Now, now that's now that is a, an entirely different question, and it brings up an entirely different set of circumstances. In no way are we to deny the, or in no way are we to, to deny our faith or Jesus Christ. Is right. that that that's what you're saying, right? I mean, because right. Okay. Right. But if those people could escape, they do. And right now, I read an article that there are Christians in the in the Middle East. They're they're arming themselves and they're they're fighting. They're fighting back, including women. They've got a women's brigade. Well, leave it over to the a thousand, women. Over a thousand yeah. men plus a women's brigade. So they're getting armed and fighting. As well, they should being mowed down. You, where are we as a country, as a nation? Where's the United Nations? Where, you know, well, I know the answer to that, but where are we providing aid to the Christians who are being whole slaughtered in wholesale numbers over there? 
Well, when they, and I, when they make it over here, we deny them entry. We won't let them come in as refugees. I, I, so we're not I, only yeah, not I, I helping, we're aiding and abetting the, the persecutors. Okay, you're saying we're not denying them entry. That's right. Okay, I sorry. Yes, yes, we are. We are denying them, them entry. We are denying them entry. Oh, you we're, can come we're in if you. We're denying the victims, in. right? But I'm the, sorry. the victims, the Christians, cannot come here. Right. The the renegade and in, in the who's falsely occupying the the illegal alien in the White House will not allow them to come here. That's that's incredible. I mean that we are in this position at this time in history where we've got this this Muslim backing individual in the White House denying Christians entry into the United States but opening the borders and arms of of everyone and um, allowing Muslims to come in to uh, Well, the the incredible thing is that the people are putting up with it in the church. You know, if you cuss and use a four-letter word, they'll scream to bloody murder. But you, you uh, let Christians be raped and murdered and stuff overseas, they don't care. Where are they? Where are they? Scre- and listen, where are the women's livers when you need them? Look at how Thank the you. Muslim women are being treated. Look at how the Christian women and, and little girls even are being raped and boys are being raped to death over there. Where are these people screaming? Where are the homosexuals screaming for rights for little kids that are being raped to death over there? You know, they want to scream about rights. It's all about their rights. It's not about anybody else's rights. It's about special rights, not about equal rights. It's never been about equal rights. It's about special rights. It's never rights. been it's about other people. Right. As a matter of fact, why aren't they screaming about that, that woman, that Muslim woman that got beheaded here? You know? Well, w- which one? Uh, <laughs> but yes, well, I, I understand too. your point. Yes, but there was exactly. one that was pretty public a while back. Yes, and, yeah. and as a matter of fact, that that was the wife of the station owner of Bridges TV in Lackawanna, New York, who threatened me. Um, that uh, that owner, uh, co-owner, actually uh, threatened me personally, and uh, oh. ended up beheading his wife. So yeah, people don't know that. People think that you know, because I, I had appeared with uh, Tom Barley on WBEN on numerous occasions, and in fact, we threatened both Tom Barley and myself. Um, uh, and I had the FBI visit my house. Tom had the FBI at his house, uh, and pictures were tossed down saying, you ever see this guy? Watch out. He's, he's dangerous. And yeah, two years later, he, using uh, his wife's head as a soccer ball in the station. Nice guy. Uh, oh, and, and the yeah. FBI said, you know, the FBI said, yeah, if I were you, I'd up, up, uh, we'd, we'd up your security. You know, you should up your security, but we're not going to help you. Uh, which I, it's, that's not their position to help us, but nonetheless, um, the way they 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 conveyed that sentiment uh, smacked of sarcasm and such. But eh, that's let's see, you know, people don't understand uh, the other the behind the scenes stuff on this. Well, they I guess they were partly they were glad they weren't in your shoes. But, yeah, uh, actually, yeah, and I, and I was kind of I, and I talked to Daniel Pipes about this murder. I was kind of. Uh, as much as sad to say this, I was relieved that this guy was was actually in custody because uh, well, yeah. of the uh, threat, you know. And actually, with his wife, she must have been living with hell all that time anyway. So, you know, getting murdered put her out of her misery, basically. By the way, I remember hearing years ago someone saying Muslim women are prime targets for God reaching them because they're so miserable the way they're treated that they're they're a lot of them are quite open to the gospel. So pray for salvation for the Muslims and especially the women. 
Because they're so treated so badly. Maria, let me ask you this, because you are our resident expert in a number of things here. Um, Pam sent an email here just moments ago about uh, low energy and, you know, aches and pains and such, and, and uh, we're being slammed by witchcraft during this week especially. Now, Russ Dizdar had mm-hmm. done a program that we listened to, uh, in fact, today, right before our show. He said that there were going to be millions of satanic rituals getting, uh, being performed starting tonight because we are entering into that, that period toward uh, Beltane, uh, or toward uh, right. right, the satanic high, hol- uh, high holy day of Beltane. What's taking place? Uh, I mean, can, can you kind of give us like a if you're if you're prepared and if you feel like it? What's uh, yeah? It's, what's going it's on? Uh, well, actually, it's between um, April nineteenth and May first, so it's okay. a thirteen day period, just like Halloween is. That's um, October. What is it, 28 to November 3rd or something? It's a 13-day period with Halloween right in the middle. And there are two days when they required satanic ritual sacrifices, human sacrifices, when they can do it. But all of those nights are sacrifice nights. And it's usually between midnight and 3 in the morning. They say that midnight's a witching hour and 3 in the morning is the devil's hour. Um, And they, they count their things... Like Beltane, they think their rituals have more power if they do it in the dark. So they'll, they'll do these things at night when they can. But if they kill someone during the day, that counts too. So if you see somebody get murdered or some uh, movie star drop dead or something, that could be satanic ritual even though it's daytime. Another thing is I've got a friend who's a former Satanist, and I talked to him about 9-11 being a satanic ritual sacrifice. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, that was in the daytime. He says, yeah, but the Satanists were doing rituals early that morning. So it counts as being in the in the nighttime because it began when they began their rituals. Okay. And, and Plus, that, when you look at the flying yeah. schedules of the guys, they left their homes to go to the airport at 6 in the morning. Well, that was still dark because I checked when the sunrise was. It was 7.05 at that time. So even the physical preparations for, for flying into the thing started in the dark. Now, right. the guys doing that didn't know that was a factor. But the people orchestrating it behind the scenes did. And folks, listen to what Maria just said, okay? Because I think this is so important for people to understand. Nine Eleven being a mass satanic ritual, it's not necessarily what you think, and certainly it's not what you what you have to believe. But think about what she just said. The people behind the scenes, the handlers of of the the people perpetrating the attack, are, are themselves engaged in the satanic um, uh, sacrificial rite, if you will, uh, controlling this. So it's it's. Right, yeah, it's it's that. I mean, it's their celebration, satanic celebration, right? And you know, there's an interesting little thing I ran across. One of the flights was 14 minutes late. Well, that's a 7-7, right? There was another 7-7. Ted Brewer told us about all those 7-7s. So, I mean, all these little things they throw in there is not just messages, but they think numerology gives them power. Interesting. Yeah, it's... Um, looking at all of the new, new, yeah, aspects of numerology behind 9-11 and even the memorials and, and the Freedom Tower and, and, and the astrological signs and all of this. Yeah, it doesn't matter what we believe. And certainly we're not pagans. We don't celebrate. We're not druids. We don't. But it's what they do. And Okay, I get it. Right. Mm. Can I clarify uh, another scripture that there's been some confusion about? It's Exodus 21-17. 
It says, He that curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And then Jesus quoted that passage in Matthew fifteen three to 5. He said, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or mother, It's a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. So, in the context that Jesus is using it, he's talking about adults, and we, as adults, I mean, when I was 70, I was living with my parents who were, you know, much older than I was. Adults who are capable of taking care of their parents financially, and they refuse to do it because they're going to give the money to the temple instead. Um, well, if that, if that means your parents live in tremendous poverty and die early because of it and can't eat, don't have food, that's a way of certainly, it's not a curse like putting a curse on them, but it certainly makes their life very wretched. Um, so this is this is not about children who talk back to their parents. First of all, it's not about children, it's mature adults. But second, cursing someone isn't just using, you know, getting mad or using cuss words. It's putting a curse on someone. You can ask the witches and Satanists about that. You can ask Russ Dizdar about that. And um, there are modern Christians who do it. Uh, some years ago I read a story about two men in a Christian church in Africa that did not get along and one of them went to a witch doctor and paid him to put a curse on the other guy. And the witch doctor put a curse on that other man, and the man was dead within a day. Now, that tells me both of these guys were just nominal Christians. You know, no real Christian would do that, pay right. to put a curse on someone. And if you're a real Christian, the blood of Jesus will protect you from that curse. You might get some hardship, but it wouldn't be devastating. But you could go through some rough stuff. Again, you could ask Russ about that. But, you know, it, life isn't easy, but he, God does protect us. And the point is, if modern Christians can do that kind of thing, well, the ancient Israelites could do it, too. And there were plenty of Canaanite, I'm sure there were plenty of Canaanite witch doctors around there or their equivalent to go to. So that's the kind of thing that that was talking about. It's not talking about kids sassing their parents. Interesting. And a very important distinction, folks. I hope, I mean, th this is knowledge being conveyed to us here. Um, appropriately and in context, in the context in which it was intended, not in the context in which you think it uh, reads. Very good. Hmm. We have to use common sense when we read the Bible, and we need to pray. You know, ask Maybe God to that. show us things. And then yeah. if we feel called to do things in a particular way, okay, but we shouldn't expect all the other Christians to do it our way. In things that are not essential to salvation, we we shouldn't be squabbling. Uh, the Bible makes that very that. clear. Yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I, yeah, it, it, it saddens me to to see the divisiveness among Christians who will nitpick and ankle bite and 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 yip and yap about things that are are, are inconsequential to the real salvation issues meanwhile being distracted from the killings of the, the slaughtering of Christians over overseas or, or in the Middle East and the coming and the slaughter here. of babies here that's right exactly so and yeah and what's keep, being yeah. done to children in the public schools that's which right. is even worse because what they're doing is killing souls there you go the indoctrination the babies go to heaven yeah. but you corrupt the kids they'll go to hell 
and there you have and and what a great point this is and i, I, I we're, we're about three minutes to the top of the hour callers on hold please hold but uh maria i mean see this is this is the kind of meat that no one is getting to me at least i don't believe that people are getting at church this is a kind of interpretation or not interpretation but this kind of information that that, that people need to hear so they understand and, and it's sure-footed so that's right the indoctrination of our children they are taking the souls and that it, it that is really um the capturing of our souls in, in the indoctrin in the government schools is, is really what this is all about isn't it the bigger the bigger picture Right, and that's what the transgender bathrooms and everything else is too. You harden them, traumatize them, shake them up. On the one hand, you don't even correct their grammar because the poor little things would wilt if you corrected them. And on the other hand, the police will come in and brutalize them and treat them like an adult criminal for acting like a kid at six years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's just <sighs> totally unpredictable, incomprehensible, and often the the good students and the good kids are the ones they pick on the most. Right. I, rem- I remember one girl, she had, um, somebody had a doll for, you know, you get cramps when you get your period, and that was illegal in the school, and where'd you get it from? She pointed to some Christian girl who did not give it to her, had nothing to, they strip-searched that girl. Little kid, and they strip-searched her in the school. <sighs> And they finally they found this other gal had a, a pocket full of the things. She, she's the one who had them. They were in her own pocket. Why didn't they search her first? But you don't strip search a girl to find something like It's not like cocaine. She's not going to stick it up her cavities. Right. You know, how, how did they, what did they do to that child? And then when the parents complained to the principal, oh, that, there's no problem there because they didn't find any drugs. <laughs> so no problem with the way they treated that girl. That is sexual abuse. Right, mm-hmm. right. So Maria, they're, they're, we we're gonna, we we got I don't mean to cut you short, but you, we got to go. But I, I just want to say thank you. You've you've given us a lot of information. God bless you. you guys, and thank you so much for all you're doing. Oh, thank Bye-bye. you, and, and you're a treasure. That, that's Maria Grace, uh, author of Prepare for Persecution. Folks, if you don't have Prepare for Persecution, go on Amazon and, and grab a copy. I mean, my goodness, what, what a great gift. As we as we close out this hour, folks, I want to just direct everyone to AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, the Under Attack Pack. How's that? Spiritual and physical preparation. That's right. First, we must be spiritually prepared from attacks of the enemy. So, here's the deal. You're going to receive a free, full-size King James Bible. Then we must prepare physically. So, you're going to receive 100 servings of ready-to-eat, 20-year storable food by the Ready Project. Plus, as a bonus, you'll get a uh, six function survival tool with a lanyard it's a flashlight compass thermometer magnifier mirror and super loud whistle all for 99 bucks go to american survival wholesale.com american survival wholesale.com we'll be right back this is the global star radio network
Never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, where we're taking your calls. Just got a note from my producer. We need to uh, hurry the calls. Hurry the calls and say, you know what? Uh, let's see if we can't have... Uh, why, why Why? do I have... Uh, okay, I was going to say, I've got, I've got news going off in my ear, I think. All right, which was just a tad distracting, but we have to, we have to move through the calls better. Um... Uh, I just I just want to let people know that uh, um, obviously the mainstream media manipulates, deceives the public. Salon admitted that basically the mainstream media is rapidly losing viewership. Folks, you can check out Infowars there, where Salon, which is really nothing more than a, a progressive uh, uh, conveyance of of, of garbage unintentionally admitted that the mainstream media manipulates public opinion that that's and, and what what is what what is happening here um and i and i really think that everyone should really understand this is that uh the division among americans has never been greater than today in all of modern history and this division is being fueled by a well-managed media admitted by salon in an article discussing non-politicians with unrivaled influence over American politics. Salon claimed Amazon's Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post to influence public opinion. You know, for all of the, for all of the things that media does, influencing public opinion toward, uh, toward a state of either catatonic, uh, compliance or, or revolution, that's what they're doing, and I, and I, I must say that we are we are facing right now a situation where we are going to see a revolution take place. I believe that, uh, folks. I want to tell you about a great website that's WholeTonesAlive.com. If you're sick and tired of being stressed, overwhelmed, unmotivated, if you feel like, of course, life is running you, you're not running life. Well, we have a solution for you. You're not alone. We face this every day. 
Finally, you can experience the scientifically proven powers of music therapy with Whole Tones. It's a collection of proven music therapy that can help reduce stress, ease your mind, motivate you. You can get started today, right now. Just listen to a free sample of this amazing music that heals and inspires at WholeTonesLive.com. We've gotten so many great emails about Whole Tones. My dog loves Whole Tones. Uh, one of our many happy whole tones clients had had written and, and said you know i began playing whole tones during my work day and i became more creative more motivated work i was doing seemed a lot easier my head was clearer and we did have michael terrell on our show and he explained how this music was inspired by the frequencies of king david go to the website go to wholetoneslive.com that's wholetoneslive.com with a w w h o l e wholetoneslive.com and download a free sample and get your dvds today that's wholetoneslive.com let's get back to the phones joe all right let's do that we got uh Lars Edward Emily Tommy John then Christina all right let's 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 rock and roll here I believe. All right, we're going to go to Lars in California. Lars, you're live on the Hagman Hagman Report. Doug and Joe, thank you. Um, I just have uh, four scriptures, and uh, just I wanted to let uh, the listeners uh, hear by the Spirit of God and uh, what we're being prepared for. Um, Revelations two two. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them that which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them to be liars. Jeremiah 51, verse 20, Thou art my battle axe and weapons of war, for with you will I break pieces of the nations, and with you I will destroy kingdoms, and with you will I break in pieces the horse and his rider, and with you I will break in pieces the chariots and his rider. With you also I will break in pieces men and women, and with you I will break in pieces old and young, and with you I will break in pieces the young men and the maid. And we've got to get back to spiritual warfare and stop the wrestling against people. We need to rise up and let God by His Spirit show us how to pray in spirit and truth and then watch. And I've got a quick testimony after I read these last two scriptures what God's doing and it's it's incredible and I thank the Lord Second uh, Thessalonians 1 starting in verse 4 so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of Yahweh that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall rev- will be revealed from heaven in his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'd encourage the listeners to continue reading, reading that when you have time. And the, um, the last scripture... Um, before I tell you this, um, it's in Samuel, the book of Samuel, First Samuel 15. And last week, the Lord put in my spirit, the spirit of shame is on so many people. We've all been there. 
And then a few days later, he gave me the scripture. And I speak right now to every principality, power, ruler, and high wicked thing that exalts itself above my Lord. In Jesus' name, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord in thy works, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. And two quick things. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move on the land like never before. And I ask God that you just move like never before and start changing hearts, changing minds. May we have wisdom and knowledge and understanding. There's a, there's a, um, epidemic of pretty much everything. I would love to see an epidemic of the faith, the power of the faith of God. And that's my prayers that they would, Lord, that you would literally send an epidemic of the power of your faith, Lord, because that's what pleases you, Lord. But guys, there's, there's literally a epidemic of pastors and their wives cheating on each other in the, in the pulpits. And I've, I've ran into three situations in the last, you know, 12 months. And, um, and it's really, uh, troubled me in the sense that, Lord, we need to know this to expose this and make things that are crooked. And it's part of that shame thing. It's part of the stubbornness. And um, so that's my prayer is I, I speak to you pastors out there that call yourself pastors, first and foremost. I ask that you would let the Holy Spirit search your heart and, and the wives so that the, the casualties will be minimized. We'll see this by the Spirit. We'll be able to discern this and bring healing and restoration to these people. Just think about we're all getting upset at what's going on in, in bathrooms and all of a sudden, what about what's going on in the pulpits? It's an abomination to God. But he's going to work all that out. I'll tell you a quick, awesome testimony. Hallelujah. We had a fire here back in September of 2014 called the King Fire. I can tell the story will take me two or three minutes. Uh, the day of the fire was on the 13th. It was a very small fire. I went down to pray because um, I'm a retired firefighter. I never saw any smoke, never saw any fire. I saw a couple of the bulldozer operators. I gave one of them my witnessing track and just told him you'll enjoy retirement because I've been retired for a while. I was driving back up the hill from the canyon. I saw a man hitchhiking, and the Holy Spirit said, pick him up. So I rolled the window down, and I looked at him and said, do you know who the king is? And he said, Elvis. And I said, no, Jesus. And he said, oh, you mean God? So he, that was kind of my way to get him to get in the car where if there was anything on him. So I got him up to the top. He told me he was on a hike. And uh, when he was on his hike, the fire started below him, came up the canyon. He got stuck on the, on the canyon uh, on the uh, trail. But he said I, he took pictures. So uh, he showed me the pictures. And in my ministry, I take photos. And um, and I videotaped his videotape. And, um, you know, uh, I actually asked if I could pray for him. He took his hat off. Uh, I went to lay my hand on his left shoulder. The Lord said not to, not to touch him. I prayed the sinner's prayer over him. He bowed his head. He left. A few days later, I see these detectives on my street. Um, they saw my name on my helmet. Uh, they said, hey, are you the, the preacher firefighter? I said, yes, I am. Long story short, they had uh, detained this individual. I didn't know this, but they just said, hey, can we show you a picture? So they showed me a picture. And I thought, wow, that's like, kind of like the guy <laughs> that I picked up. So I had the video, and it was perfect match. So uh, he was arrested for starting the King Fire, which burned about 97,000 acres. Um, so he was in uh, jail for a year and a half, and we've been praying for him uh, uh, that if he did it, he would plead guilty. And guess what, gentlemen? Three weeks ago, he pleaded guilty. 
act of God Almighty. He was convicted by the king. And awesome. that doesn't get you excited. Um, and a side note, his sister, this is, this is the demonic that's happening in the land. His sister, uh, was, uh, arrested up north last year, uh, with, uh, she's been, uh, arrested for killing her two kids and putting them in a storage container. So what we're dealing with, we're dealing with some really evil things and it's going to get worse and we need to know how to fight. I don't know what last time a devil was shot by a bullet and died. We need to go after these devils relentless with God's warfare. And I'm not against guns and all that. I think guns are pretty cool. But anyway, if you run out of bullets, what are you going to do? And, and you got to be able to bind and loosen. I, I, I literally challenged the body of Christ this week to learn how to bind and loose by the Holy Spirit darkness, but also to loose the love, the light, the power of faith of Jesus Christ. And that's it, guys. Okay. Thank you very much. Good bless you. Right. Have a good night. Moving along. We're going to go to Edward next. Thanks for holding, Edward. You're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Oh, thank you. Hey, um, I just want to let you guys know, I was living in Phoenix, Arizona, when uh, Kathy Griffith uh, went down. Gabrielle. 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 Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know how I got Kathy mixed up with that. But um, there was things on the news I heard. I don't know if you guys heard about it. About, oh, like uh, a like a sniper rifle being found at the scene and a potential oh, no, second not about person. That. No, not about that. Um, about uh, Lofner and his uh, the psyche vow that was supposed to be submitted that that never got submitted. No. Um, go ahead. Uh, what's up with that? Well, two years prior to, or a year or two prior to what happened, he had a psychic vow done, and he, you know, failed. And it was submitted to, I think, to the Tucson police and the sheriff, and they were supposed to submit it to the proper federal authorities, you know, for, so, like, when he went to go apply for a gun, this was supposed to throw up a red flag, and he was supposed to get denied. Okay. So, you know, if the ball hadn't been dropped, then he would have never got that gun. That would seem that correct, sense? yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever heard heard this or, you know, it was just on the local news in Phoenix. You know, I'm not living there now, I'm living in Jersey. So, but I was, you know, I heard on the local news, well, you know, it's like when I heard that, it made my blood boil. It's like, well... So, you know, this, why isn't this guy being prosecuted, or why didn't he lose his job? Yeah, those are uh, good questions. And for him to apply for for a permit to buy the gun, failing the psych evaluation, yet still being able to uh, get the firearm that was used in the shooting, uh, right. you get asked, maybe, was there something more going on here, or... You know, was this coincidence? Well, there's a ritualistic aspect to this slaying. Um, Phoenix, the uh, the dates, the times, the people. I mean, look in the eyes of this Gerald Lofner and 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 tell me this guy's not uh, uh, some sort of controlled in some way, shape, or form, or has some sort of mind control. They also said that. he was using some 
drugs from South America, like ayahuasca or something, that was like really altered his mind. Sure. And that sure. Play, that played into the part of him failing the psych exa- psych exam and him being the way Interesting. he turned out. Well, the fact the fact is, we are not getting the truth from the mainstream media, and some of the alternative media is being is being peppered with in, with informants and information that's not accurate, um, which which has a tendency to uh, cause people to, to disparage the information that's in the alternative media, and that's intentional. And I'm I'm trying to find some information here in Gabrielle Giffords that uh, really I, I came across the, the other day, and. Uh, just really shocked me, including what we didn't hear, what took place, uh, what, what was found by by police. You know, I'm hoping. And, and, I'm uh, hoping what I'm telling you, you know, it's like maybe it, it make, you know makes more sense now. Yes, yes, it does, and, and, and people, yeah, it, it does. People need to realize that we are being gamed every single day, and it being gamed by both events and by people. Uh, things are not as they appear. So you're absolutely right. And again, I'm digging for this information as I'm, uh, but, but it's interesting you mentioned about, about this uh, failure of the psych evaluation. Yet, uh, what he gets his hands on, on weapons. Is, is, is that the point well, that, the, that you were making? It was, it was, it was the failure of the submission. Failure of the submission. Okay. That's, okay. Exactly. You know, he had a psych eval done. It was submitted to the police and the police failed to submit it to I think whoever they submitted to, so that the Fed will know, hey, you know, he he needs to be denied. You know, when the FBI does their background check. Interesting. There's a guy from the New York. Uh, so there was a was New- you know basically there's a broken line of communication. Okay. All right. Well, broken or intentionally disrupted. Either yeah, way, yeah. I mean, you know. But, yeah, exactly. And so you're from uh, you are in that area, and then you saw this well, contemporaneous I, with the event. I was living. I've been. Well, I moved there, Phoenix, in '97, and I moved back home because there was a death in my family, and I moved back to help out. Okay. Mm. And that was about a year ago. So. Interesting. Wow. Now, well. Okay. Go on. I'll have to. Well, I wanted to. I had an epiphany, I guess about a year ago, about this is uh, changing gears to the Bible, and something I saw, and it's like, it's like, well, this makes sense now, you know, about you know pleading the blood of Jesus, covering our sins, and that you know that being the ultimate sacrifice. Have you heard of Ron Wyatt? Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, amateur archaeologist. Now, have you seen the videos on where he says he found the Ark of the Covenant buried, you know, underground in a cavern? Yes. And, and yes, tomb, yes. And where they found the uh, the three holes where the crosses were set up and the crack in the ground where... Did you hear about that? Yeah. Uh, Stan, actually. Stan Deo uh, did some okay. work with him. And, um, yeah, we're familiar with, with his... Uh, with his work, where the you know when it's, it said the earth the rocks rent and that allowed the blood to go through the ground and onto the ark of the covenant to be the so basically making that the ultimate sacrifice to cover our sins. 
Yeah. You know, okay. I kind of put two and two together, put two and two together there, and thought that was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ron Wyatt, uh, he, he has some, some interesting claims, and, uh, I know, at least from my memory, that they, they've been around for a little while, but you can find them on YouTube, uh, some of the videos he's yeah. done. Um, and it, it's pretty interesting. So I didn't know uh, if, uh, yeah, I would urge everyone to look at things like that with a very critical eye. As any any information we present, look at look at that with a critical eye and a reasonable intellect, uh, you know, research and because a lot of this we're looking through a glass darkly. So, right. But I just wanted to let you know. I mean, I have uh, something else I wanted to bring to your attention, but I don't know if you have enough time. Go go ahead quickly. I, go ahead. Um, something I don't know. If, I know you, uh, you guys probably heard him. Uh, Perry Stone is something he said a couple years ago that he was told about uh, Nazi Germany before World War. You know, before back in the thirties, he had mentioned he so uh, someone had told him that a a researcher went over was over in Tibet in the thirties, and he was. Uh, I guess researching or documenting, you know, stuff over there. And in his diary, he had put that uh, on a, I forget which date it was. It was like in 1933. The Tibetan monks were all freaked out because all their gods had left. And he's like, "Well, where did they go?" And it's like, "Oh, they went to Germany." Interesting. All right, that uh, is interesting. Know. Uh, when you consider the Nazi occult um, aspect of things, okay, right. So mm. I mean, it was just like a little. It was like a little three-minute segment and one video, a uh, Perry Stone video that was at a conference from like four years ago. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> well, thank you. Very good. Very good. All oh, right. and uh, one more, one more information on the Nazis. Yes. Um, a friend, uh, a friend of mine that I. Note that I uh, made when I was in Arizona. His friend's grandmother uh, was from Austria, and they left during, you know, when the, when uh, Austria gave themselves over to Germany. You know, they fled, and she said that the uh, I don't know if it was the SS or the Gestapo. You know, before they were just normal street th- street gangs. Okay. You know, they're street gangs, thugs. So, you know, they had no problem doing what they were doing, and that's why they were able to do what they did. Um, okay. Which, at least initially, I, I get that. Okay. I, I mean, I get that, that, that that's how they were initially formed. And it, it, there's some parallels to that today uh, here in America, as well as all throughout the West. But that's really a, a different discussion. But it's a very interesting one, nonetheless. All right. Hmm. All right. But all right, I'll get off Thank the you, phone bro. now. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Good call. Oh, thanks for the thanks call, call, Edward. All right, Edward from New Jersey. That was great, man. Okay. All right, we got Emily in California. Next, we're going to you. Emily. Thanks for holding, Emily. Here live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. 
Hi there. I've been listening to you guys for some time. I just wanted to add a couple points about the wussification of Christianity. And a lot of it occurs because of a contradiction between something that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 16, where he says, um, Think that I, not that I came to destroy the law or the prophets I not come to destroy, but to fulfill till heaven and earth pass away, and so on. So whoever shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so. And what I hear from some quarters of the um, evangelical church is one of these least commandments. They refer to his teachings rather than to the law itself. So I went back to the law itself, and I made my own copy and I looked under wars because I wondered to what extent are we allowed to protect ourselves since for about 1400 years since the Jesuit order helped to create and facilitate the beginning of Islam I wondered about that that didn't make any sense to me why would they do that and so why would the church create an implacable enemy that didn't make any sense to me so I went back and read Jesus and he talked about persecution and about being martyred and about being killed and then we have this implacable enemy this this ideology that keeps coming at Christianity um, over 1400 years since the beginning of Islam they have slaughtered I think the record says 270 million people and I'm thinking wait a minute shouldn't we be able to protect ourselves from that onslaught so I look under wars and what I found in the law was that uh, the killing of innocents murder slaughter genocide were all illegal okay we have license to kill in self-defense but we are also counseled to show mercy. We're also supposed to be killing the animals we eat all the time. There are supposed to be these, these animal sacrifices going on in the local tabernacle every Sabbath, right? We're supposed to be doing these sacrifices if we're following the law because Jesus didn't say we could ever stop. Now, what would happen if we were or weren't doing the sacrifices. One of the things I notice is that the Islamics do their own uh, animal killing. They call it halal. They kill their animals themselves. Right, right. So they all have experience with weapons. And so when somebody wants to go behead somebody, they know how to do it because they have practice. But Christians have delegated the killing of animals because it's not nice. Because we, all we have to do is believe in Jesus. It doesn't matter what our behavior is under the Apostle Paul. So we've delegated all those unpleasant tasks to commerce. And so we have this, these stockyards in Chicago that go on forever. And the mm. animal suffering is just horrific. And so Christians do not have the practice with weapons that the Muslims have. Just because they are still killing their animals and we aren't. 
So that's one reason that we're getting slaughtered, is that we're not killing our animals anymore so we don't have to practice with weapons like they do. And the other thing is, which is just really unfortunate, that the, the sacrifice of animals, which is what it was under the law, has become the sacrifice of Christians under their inability to defend themselves. And this doesn't just go to guns, because guns don't have any effect against chemtrails, fluoride, bad vaccines, yakka yakka dismackety. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. So the next thing I asked myself is, well, what, what, what weapons do we have? Then the weapons we have are not fleshly. And, uh, and the sword of truth is words. Because <laughs> swords, when you mix up the letters, is words. So how do we use words to defend ourselves? Well, I'm an old woman, okay, and in the 40s, I had an uncle who was a communist, and he was convicted of a crime called sedition. It was right. the Smith Act of 1940. Oh, yeah. And oh, under yeah. the Smith under the Smith Act, anybody, didn't matter what their behavior was, if they advocated the overthrow of the government, they were guilty of sedition, and they went to Leavenworth. About 50 people went to Leavenworth for years under the Smith Act. And so I have one rhetorical question I'd like to ask you guys, because you guys see the same things I'm seeing. Why haven't we charged the current leadership layer with sedition because of complicity that's not rhetorical okay because it goes so deep yeah, that's right you've got you've got the gang of eight you've got the entire senate essentially involved and one might ask well how can that possibly be it's too big of a conspiracy no 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 it's really simple um there's two things at play here complicity and blackmail and and this is what I've been told directly by people in the know. Um, either you've got people who are going along with this willingly, wittingly, and deliberately in order to, to obtain their seat at the globalist table. And then you've got the people who are going along reluctantly because they have to, because they don't want their wives to find out that they've been having an affair with their pet goat. Okay. Now, what I'm doing on the Internet, I've been on the Internet since 1988, and I'm fairly infamous. I, I have a terrible reputation. I have been confronting the soldiers that try to friend me so they can hack my computer and, and mess with me. And I confront the Department of Defense. Do we know you? When you say Emily infamous Craig? reputation. Emily okay. Craig? Okay, the, the uh, alleged daughter of the Duke of Windsor. Okay. And so what I do is I'm asking all of those agencies and all of those military guys if they understand what sedition is. Online, I spend many, many hours dealing with people individually, just making sure they understand what sedition is and that we do have a sedition law and that there may come a time when we can use words as our sword since the guns we have aren't really going to defend us against the chemtrails and the fluoride and the bad vaccines and and the you know the money problems and i'm trying to get people to think through what do we do to protect ourselves using our words because our guns aren't going to help us much 
And that's what mm-hmm. I'm up to. I've just I've just put up my twenty second book on Amazon. So spell your last name for me. So since you gave it, C R A G G. C R A G G. It's Emily Elizabeth Windsor Craig online. And um I was in this scene until I discovered that it was the Vatican that facilitated the establishment of Islam and the Koran. And that blew my mind. That just blew it. Okay. So I asked myself, well, wait a minute. Are they setting up this adversary to have a maximum number of martyrs so that they have, they can canonize more saints to have venerated? Is this the deal? Why is the Catholic... Why is yeah. the Catholic Church doing this? Do they need more saint celebrities for their festivals, and so they just set up this situation? I don't know. I haven't gotten an answer from anybody on that one, but I get a lot of shocked looks. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh. you know, it's really hard to say. Um, I uh, sort of straddle uh, Christianity and Judaism because I'm uh, born to the bloodline of Judah and so I had to learn all of that stuff I grew up with Zionists um, in the adoptive family so I had to learn all that stuff and um, now trying to find a path through Christianity and Judaism behaviorally <laughs> with the church mm. in its present condition. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's um a challenge. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge, yes, indeed. So I just wanted to bring up those couple of points and let you guys know I do I do listen to you once in a while. And I think I'm gonna get back on Blog Talk Radio myself doing Yeah, the, you you uh, had a show. You 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 I you did, did have years, a show. yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I let it go about three years ago because it was just getting too much. So then I started publishing books. And um, my latest you've got book... A, is, you've got quite a repertoire there on, on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Turn oh. Back Tyranny is my latest book. Right. Let Your Know Me Know. And um, I have one on the Essenes, uh, the Essene Gospel of Peace. Uh, I, you know, I, I put up... I used to work in publishing, so it's easy for me to put up a book. Uh. Um on it. Yeah, I'm an old, I'm an old, and, an old and, and even even about crocheting too, right? Yeah, six crocheting. books on crocheting. Well, you know why? Let me tell you why. It's so important because when you know and I know this whole economy is going to come down yep. because what's going to be left is going to be back to basics. Well, with crocheting, you don't need a sewing machine. You don't have to go out and buy fabric. All you need is a hook and twine. And with that, you can make your socks, your shoes, your purse, your suitcase, your hat, your clothes, your underwear. You can make everything. And that's why I put up the crochet books. Interesting. And you, of (laughs) course, being adopted out of the reptilian bloodlines into the Zionist culture, you've got some good survival skills, Uh, indeed. Well, I hope so. Now, I remember... Um, a life among the Anunnaki. And I don't consider myself a reptilian because I don't have scales and my eyes don't become slits.
but I do have all their blood disorders. I have all the same blood problems that um, George III had. And, and so I have some identification with the Anunnaki culture. And um, Sasha Lesson and I get into it because he wants to blame them for this and that and the other thing. And I say to, the, I say to Sasha, look, they did the best they could with what they had and they've suffered too. They, you know, we're just going to have to deal with things the way they are. And blaming what happened 200,000 years ago is not real helpful. So Sasha and I go round and round. And that's, um, uh, they have their, their sh- uh, radio shows too. So that's well, all. Well, get back into it. Global. Get back into it. We, we need more truth tellers out there. So. Well, I work on it, and when you have um, a particular interest in something having to do with Anunnaki or non-conventional exegesis of Scripture, because where I go is into the contradictions between Jesus' um, teachings versus Paul's teachings. I love to go there um, and um, deal with those contradictions. Let me know, and and we can we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a party then. And I, and I, and I, I say that respectfully. I, I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. Uh, yes, yes, I know you do. No. I'm, I'm one of these older moms, you know, so I get respect when I don't even deserve it. <laughs> Emily, God bless you. Thank you so much for your Thank call. You it was an interesting call indeed. Thank wow. you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right. Next up is John. We're going to go to John in PA. John, Pennsylvania. What can go wrong? Yeah, Good evening, gentlemen. I'm right down here in Pittsburgh, so I can almost hear you talking outside my back door. All right. Well, I'll meet you. I'll meet you. We'll meet you in Sharon and and uh, uh, halfway. How's that? We'll meet you in, in New yeah. Or, yeah, Sharon. Halfway, and we'll, we'll have coffee. What do you want to talk about? Talk to us. Uh, What's going on? Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, you know what, guys? I came into the show late tonight, so there may have already been some discussion on Jerry Robinson, okay, from from the other evening. So if I'm late, oh yeah, there was. There was. There was. You're late. Shame on you. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, So maybe this is redundant. Maybe it isn't. Uh, I'm a former Marine, so I'm going to be as gracious as no such thing as a former Marine. You're a Marine. Period. Yeah, you better believe it. And so I'm going to try and be as gracious as I can. But you know what? You guys use your theater of the mind to just imagine what I'm really thinking when I talk to you here, okay? Hey, you know, I've heard him. I've heard Jerry Robinson only three times uh, over the course of the last couple years. And, you know, I I compare him to other guests and other, you know, other folks that do presentations and everything. And I'll tell you what, I get the impression that there's a lot of subtleness in his, I'm going to say it straight up. There's, there's a lot of subtle condemnation, I get the impression, in what, what, what he talks and the way he presents it. You know, I listen to Pastor Langford, Steve Quayle, some of the other guests you have on. They speak with authority, but there's humility. I don't get that, and just the three times I've heard that individual, uh, you know, the other night on your show. I, I get the impression that there's just a very emphatic, you know, absolutism to everything, okay? And, you know... He's, he's, he's ha- hammering on people for, oh, you know, you're spending too much time in the Old Testament, you know, quoting the Old Testament, this, that, everything else. Meanwhile, you know, throughout the whole show, he quotes Babylon, and he's talking about cities and silver and gold and everything. 
and I, you know, this may be from the Lord, okay? Babylon was a city of nothing but darkness. That's the impression I get when I read it. Babylon was a city of nothing but darkness. You come down here to Pittsburgh, and there's light and darkness in that city. There's Christians living in that city. And as an example, you know, even beyond that, you know, I'm sure Mr. Robinson, if his wife or even he were sick, you know, had a brain tumor, some kind of cancer, he would go into the city for the best treatment he could find, the best medical care, just as a small example, the best medical care that exists in this country, uh, for good or bad, based on what his interpretation of his, his scriptural readings are, is located within the city. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of blessing, there, there's a lot of light, there's a lot of spiritualism in terms of Christianity in the city. So I think he, in, in all his intellect and his, in his um, need to, what I consider, present an agenda, uh, I think he forgets that there's a difference between the city of Babylon and the cities that exist today. There's a lot of darkness in the cities. Amen to that, Brother Robinson. But there's also a lot of light. I think he misses that, unfortunately. And maybe that's just his consideration. Beyond that, you know, I go back to Lexington and Concord, him talking about Christians with weapons, things of this nature. I suggest he go back and he review the Battle of Lexington and Concord and who was involved in that and uh, who took the first stand against the British, okay? So we'll leave, we'll leave that issue go right there. Um, gee whiz, what else I wanted to mention here? He made the comment about, when the, when the show started, about, you know, some of these younger men that look effeminate, you know, hair spikes, you know, tattoos, things of this nature. And this is where this, is where this I, I get the impression Jerry Robinson is very good at this. He's very subtle in what he, what he, what he says. My, my approach or my thoughts on that is that almost, I, I'll tell you what, I could take his square and fit him into this square that he's talking about with these, with these, with these effeminate men that he considers effeminate men. Because from my interpretation of this, and I stand before the Lord in judgment like everybody else, but God has never condemned me for being a Marine. I was never condemned for, for going to Vietnam. God has never condemned me. There's a difference between justice and murder. Thou shalt not commit murder. And justice, and to defend my wife, who is the weaker vessel, as that scripture says, my wife and my daughter are the weaker vessels. And I am called, if necessary, to give my life. No greater love than can a man have than to lay down his life for, for, a, for a fellow man. And I know that can be interpreted different ways. But I'm extremely disappointed. And again, use the theater of your mind when I say this, because I'm thinking a lot deeper in terms of my vocabulary with this individual. But I'm extremely disappointed in his presentation and what he said. And uh, I'll tell you guys, I love well, your show. Tell him. If he, if he, Seriously, if, send him an email. No, 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 I don't eat, no. Okay, okay. You know what, Doug, I appreciate it. I'm 63. I don't email. This is what I do. I talk face to face. You know what I'm saying to okay. you? I don't sure. email. No, that's too impersonal for me. But I'm going to say this. If that gentleman shows up on your show again, I'm going to have to pull the plug on you that night because I'm extremely disappointed. And, uh, you know, for, from my take, that there's a lot of strife. You know, that condemning spirit moves into strife. And I'll tell you, I sat here the other night in so much strife. I pulled the plug on you guys because... Uh, there, there, there's no balance there. There's no balance. And I appreciate authority, believe me. I appreciate the authority that comes from, from a lot of your other guests. 
and I listen and we may disagree, but hallelujah, I understand it, but there's, I can sense the authority in the word. I don't get that with this individual. I get more of an intellectual, I hate to say it, I get more of nothing but an academic approach. And you know what? That Bible is not academic. There's a lot in that Bible that, not, like you said, Doug, earlier, we all see through a glass darkly. I don't yeah. condemn him for his approach, but how dare he say that you or to anybody else, well, where do you get in Scripture that you can do that? Excuse me, sir, uh, you know, how, how, how many years of theology have you studied? Okay, I know you write a lot on economics, but all of a sudden now you're a theologian, too. No, you're, you're flesh and blood like the rest of us. We struggle through life to interpret and understand the best we can. And happy is the man whose, whose conscience is not convicted. So you know what, guys? I love your show. I've said enough. I'm starting to wind myself up. God bless you, and we'll see you down the road. <laughs> all right, John. Yeah, all, all good points, brother. All Thanks good points. Okay, yeah. And, and just all right, brother. And just to be clear, folks. Okay, look, uh, God bless you, John. Just to be clear. We Thank we, we don't we don't agree with all guests. Or so you know. Understand this um, at the beginning of the show. And and I like Jerry. Uh, he's got a lot of he's he's on the ball with respect to finances, but I did I and I told him I disagreed with him on 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 his positions, plural about uh, about defense. But uh, again, we covered that earlier. Go ahead, Joe. All right. Next up is Christina in Florida. You're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Good afternoon, guys. Um, hey. I guess I'm I guess I'm gonna go there. I'm I'm your critical thinker. I heard you, your opening, Doug, you were talking about um, the Huffington Post and all that great stuff. But the other night when, when Jerry was on, I called in and I asked him about, you know, defending myself on my granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And, and really what was in my heart was I wouldn't have a husband like that, somebody who's not willing to defend me to the end. And, and, and I just I felt so sorry for his family. But anyway, what I called you about was I sent you an email. I think it was Sunday here in my um, community. There was a young 21-year-old kid. The police shot him in the back as he ran. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, they yes. killed him, and it's an uproar about this good kid, you know, um, graduated from school, did a couple years of college. His parents sent him off to Chicago. He didn't make the team, so he came back, got him a job. He just started a second job in Vero Beach there. It was like between 11 and 12 at night, and they pulled him. And of course, somebody saw something shiny and shot him as he ran, shot him in the back and killed him. And the kid didn't even have a cell phone. No record, good kid. You know, so uh, I, I sent it to you guys. Just keep keep up with what's going on because it's getting pretty hectic around here. You know, uh, I okay, uh, yes. Um, I'm looking at the at the clock here, looking at the uh, everything. Um, we we Christine, we have a problem here, don't we? I mean, not you and I, yes. not you know. I mean, in yes. general, we we got a really bad problem here. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. This is no longer protecting serve. This is law enforcement. This is military combat zone, and, and and it's just it's just crazy. And the lives, you know, the the story keep getting switched around, and yeah. you know, and it's just it's it's. Yeah. I, I, my prayer is that it doesn't turn into another Michael Brown 
situation. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we need to be, we need, look, we, yeah, the problem that we have with law enforcement right now, there's multiple levels. Now, I respect law enforcement. A lot of police officers listen to this show. And I've talked to a lot of them face to face. And a lot of them are absolutely 100% straight up. But we've got a problem. The, the officers coming in, um, you, you've got the old guard that has been contaminated by corruption in one mm-hmm. corner. Okay. Then you've got the, the, the moral people with integrity. And then you've got the newer armor bearing kill yes. them first, ask questions later people from Iraq and yes. Afghanistan kind of mentality. So we're losing the battle demographics. The, the, the guys in the middle, the women in the middle, we're losing that, but they exist. But we, we so we have to be, yes, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry because I know, yeah. I, I know, and it's so frustrating. What do we do? Yeah. What do we do? All we can do is pray and, and like coach your saying that we we're gonna have to get engaged. You know, they don't, you don't go out in the street and fight and burn down the barbecue stand and the park store. You, that, that's ridiculous. You know, but we gotta we gotta no more. This is a nothing. This is what mm-hmm. the citizen was saying and I went to school with his mother and she we graduated together and you know, and his 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 grandparents were educators, so you're talking about that those old school connections. So they've had, you know, different attorneys like Willie Gary and guys that that called and got involved in it, and it's it's just it's it's just sad. You know, you got young guys coming out in the military and they're coming on the force, and and I guess maybe they think they're still in Afghanistan or something. You got a kid. Yeah. I, I took the concealed course, so I mean, you got a kid running away. He's no threat to you or anyone else. You have his vehicle. You have his tag number. Why do you have to shoot him in the back and kill him? Exactly. No, and, and I and I understand that. I mean, there's a huge. I mean, there's so yes, yeah, uh, 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 yeah. He's not there. He doesn't even have a cell phone on him. <sighs> yeah. So, but anyway, um, God bless you, Christina. Guys. Thank you. <laughs> well, okay. you know, you're going to be in my prayers only because I, I just because of the of the, uh, what you you know what you're going through and I, I know it's not personal but it's personal in a way so i, I understand that yeah, so definitely. god bless you you hate to see your hometown you know like this but yeah. okay night, right, guys. thank you good night what a great call what a great call all right, all right. let's go tommy. to we uh have a few minutes left tommy in tennessee you're tommy. live on the hagman and hagman report thanks for waiting brother hey guys Hey, no problem. Uh, can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, we can. All right. Uh, you know, first I want y'all to know that y'all have been like a uh, part of our family for the last uh, several years. You meant a lot to us, you know. Uh, this is going to be a hard way to end your show here, but uh, <laughs> um I have to share this though, and I need people praying and stuff right now. But uh, my eight-year-old girls, my twin girls, they were raped three weeks ago by our pastor, and uh, he finally admitted it, and uh, he was brought in tonight. And uh, 
it's just been hard. We 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 we're just struggling so hard with this. It's it's just, and they've got him on four counts of child rape. To, to, to Tommy, uh, l- let me just be clear on this. You've got two daughters, twin daughters, twin. eight years old. Okay, yes. eight years old, yes. who were raped by your pastor, their pastor. Yes, sir. That's and uh, it is well. The worst part of it is, is uh, the wife and I. Well, we haven't even been able to work for the last three weeks with everything we've had to deal with. I don't even know if I'll have a job come Monday. We're about to lose everything because I feel like we're the victims to this, you know. Well, and uh, but luckily they got him tonight and his bonds a million dollars and. Uh, I don't see in jail, down, but I'll, I'll tell you what, Tommy. Uh, do we have your permission to to call you off air? Uh yeah. Do you have my number? Yeah, we have a caller ID here, um, and I'm taking your number down now. Um, okay, but because yeah, uh, I mean. Use a lot of prayer right now, you know, and uh, it's just been the hardest thing I've ever dealt with. And Tommy, we will not only pray for you, but we you, Joe's Joe's taking your number down. We're praying for your daughters. You've got to be strong for your daughters. I know this sounds trite. Well, it, it was so- uh, it was hard just until they got him. I mean, it's hard to do anything. I mean, he was running the streets until today, you know. And, uh, is is this is this puke young old what? Um, uh, no, he's old. He's sixty one years old. He's an ex cop. Right. He's former military, and he's over a department. I probably don't want to say too much, so that you know. All right. uh, we had a conflict of interest from the beginning because uh, his department is over the police department. Put it that way. So the TBI had to get involved and. Uh, there's a substantial amount of evidence, but he finally came clean after three weeks. And, uh, well, okay. there was too much evidence for them to, uh, I mean, he couldn't are, deny it anymore. We, we need to, are, are, you, are you tending, are you getting your children, your two daughters help? I mean, are they, are they we need to, we, folks, we need to pray for Tommy, his two daughters. And their family. Exactly. But we need to make sure we're, we're going to contact you off air and continue this conversation. You're right. This is a really hard way to end the program, Tommy. God bless you and your wife and your daughters. We please, please. And I'll please contact you this faith. weekend. Uh, Man. Saturday. Okay. All, all we've been doing is just having to contact the TGI every day. And we, neither one of us is working three weeks almost. I mean, we're about to lose everything. I feel like I'm doing something wrong because I can't even work and do what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's just insane, you know? Tommy, we're at the end of the show, but you stay strong. We're going to keep you in our prayers, and we'll talk to you off air. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great night. The Global Star Radio Network. The Genesis Communication.